I started kind of giving him game on on insurance. And I told him, I said, you can buy you can buy wealth until you build wealth. And I was telling him the importance of insurance. A lot of people think that, you know, creating generational wealth is some strenuous job and you just got to overthink it. No, generational wealth is giving your children options past when you're not here. Mm -hmm. So with insurance, you can buy it. It's Mm -hmm. done. Wealth is there. For the next generation. So I began to tell him my structure of how I set up my family to be worth over $490 million by our fourth generation never using anything but insurance. Yeah, go on and share that, brother. <laughs> David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com and three two one you're listening to the Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. All right, welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find people who have social proof, not people that just talk about it because it's easy to talk about it, right? Because yep. every social media platform will give you an account and you can say whatever you want to. And you can put any link in your bio and tell people that you are an amazing coach. And you don't even have to have any results. I feel like um, there should be some sort of law against that. That's why we created the Social Proof Podcast, where we find the dopest people that actually built something, and not just cool people that built something, but people who can actually teach how to do what they did. So uh, we got some very, very special guests, man. I want to just say, uh, you all, y'all, y'all are really making noise. And um, Jake, I just met you, but Brother Ben X, he... Built a huge following, then lost his account, and built that joint right back. That yo, some some people lose their mind when that when that yeah, happens. You, you know definitely what I mean? can. So I'm, I'm gonna let y'all just kind of introduce yourself to the world to those that don't know, um, and then we're gonna jump into it. Well, uh, I'm a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Um, started off as a basketball player. Um, thought eh, I was, you know, I was eh, it, you know, uh, all American back in the day. Ben, yeah, I, mean, I did. We didn't get whooped. We hey, didn't listen, get whooped. We I didn't mean, get whooped. Hey, the you ball, lose some, you win some. Y'all go every week. I didn't expect that to come out, and I can't just let that ride because <laughs> y'all always came that. down to Atlanta and it went down. Y'all was hot. Y'all was hot. I ain't gonna lie. Y'all was definitely hot, especially the little brother had on the ring. Bro, we're shooting from half court. Right. But I got into. I was. I was. My only child, um, my first time seeing my biological father was in his casket. Mm. Um, recall seeing my biological mother once, so I was raised by my mom, but technically it's my uh, biological mother's um, cousin. I got 21 biological Hold on, hold on. So you, the first time you seen your biological father was in a casket, mm-hmm. and you've, you, you, you didn't know your biological mother? I didn't know her like that. I seen her maybe one time around the age of five. Really? Yeah. Where, have you seen her since then? 
They both did. You seen your mom, want your biological father, your biological father, no times alive, mm-hmm. and your actual biological mother, one time. Yeah, I can recall like maybe it's it's not it's not a uh, vivid. It's like vague. Really? Yeah. Do you ever like have questions about? Yeah, I did. Um, more so about my father. I always tried to look for pictures of him and. Uh, search for him on Google and things of that nature but I never could find anything Um, I just recently um, found another because I I was about to get into I got 21 biological brothers and sisters Mm. and uh, I only knew of six of them now I know of seven of them two of them I know because they was at the the funeral of the biological father four of them um, I know because I used to uh, go to East Texas they lived together Uh, well three of them lived together in East Texas one stayed in Fort Worth um, and then we will all go visit our uh, big brothers and sister um, up in East Texas. And that's how we kind of got to know each other. So we would talk on the phone from uh, from here and there. And uh, we get together like now and have game night. So yeah. us four are solid um, together. Us five are solid together. Um, one, I just found on Facebook because <clears throat> I recently, again, was just had an urge to look him up again. And I found his death certificate, my biological father. And, of course, all the names of the children is on there. So I'm Googling, I mean, Facebook and all of the names. And I end up finding one of them. And then I hit him up. I said, man, I think you're my uh, my brother. <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, he said something funny. He was like, yeah, you are. And uh, we ended up talking. And so we finally got on a phone call recently. And uh, he was just telling me certain things. And here's the crazy thing about it. I literally just found this out. Of course, I'm in the Nation of Islam. My biological father, he said, was an official pimp. Um, but he began... Um, uh, he said, do you know uh, my name is a Muslim name? And he said, do you know we were raised Muslim? And uh, he said, yeah, we used, to, he used to, we used to starve. And he's talking about Ramadan. We don't eat while the sun is up. And we used to do the we prayers and things of that nature. <laughs> starve ourselves? <laughs> he said, we used to uh, go through the prayers and everything like that. And he said, we was one of those, you know, racist kind of Muslim where he was saying that white people was devils and all that. I said, are you serious? So he was on literally that path that I'm on now. Um, but I guess, you know, he kind of lost his way or whatever and became what he was. But um, that was the path that they start off on growing up. Mm. So I'm learning a little bit about him but now. He's, through he's my not biology. on that path anymore. Mm-mm, no. Gotcha. Well, he's dead. Right, right, right. Oh, my yeah, biological father. father okay, yeah, he's not Muslim okay, no gotcha, more. Gotcha. Now, nah, you know, they, he's not Muslim no more. Uh, but, Can I ask yeah. you real quick, though? In the belief, are white people considered devils? Well, it's, it's the nature, and it's more so about um, the nature of their history um, that they had and, and making us dumb, deaf, and blind, putting us through slavery. So at that time, it's more of a it's a shock teaching to get us to look in the mirror, not only ourselves, but the white man as well. So it's, it's causing them now to look in the mirror, and if you're not a devil, then prove it. So when we say devil, it's not mm. just because this is, you know, a skin color type thing, because we know as the black man, the original man, you can create all different shades. So in our lessons, it talks about why does Muhammad or any Muslim murder the devil? Well, if you have a surface level of knowledge, you may say, OK, well, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that the white man was a the devil. Then in our lessons, it say, why does any Muslim murder the devil, bring four heads of a devil? 
You may think that means go kill four white people, but that's not what it means. It's talking about destroy the wicked mindset inside of your head. He said any grafted thing can be a devil. So whenever we have a grafted thoughts or our thoughts is contrary to the will of God, that's what really has to be killed. His mindset, that wicked mindset to rule and and, and really have a, a, a mindset that where you want to, or what he talks about in the Quran, Satan makes evil for a seeming. So when you have a world where he makes evil for a seeming and he uses deceptive intelligence and subliminal messages causing us to eat the wrong food that's grafted shoot the water's grafted everything is grafted in this world and this is a world that they are creating that it's not been pretty good for black people they even have little uh, literal laws that has been against black people uh thriving like as far as you getting land you can't even have land that is a producing land or fertile land things of that nature i just read a book uh, called secret relationship between blacks and jews that we produce that actually quotes rabbis and one of them talked about how even back then um, they had laws against us not having uh, against us having real estate and they wanted us to always be tied to a white man being his employee, uh, things of that nature. So when we talk about the white man being a devil, it is to cause the black man who saw himself as inferior and the white man who saw himself as superior put it in their face and show the black man who he really is as an original man of the planet earth being that the white man only been here a little over 6,000 years not because of a theory but you have those who even in Mendel's law and anthropologists can show you that they don't trace back more than 6,000 years and for those who thought that they were superior just because of their race he put it in front of them well you've been doing nothing but wickedness so the hell that you put us through there's nothing under the ground that's going to treat us more worse than what you treated us here on earth mm. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm. I always wanted to uh, ask because I, I never really asked the question because you hear it sometimes, mm-hmm. right? Um, like, what is the thought? Like, when you see somebody that is white, like, do you think like, yo, that's the devil? But that that makes sense. Well, it's said. about knowing the nature uh, uh, of it. You know, it's not saying that this person is an evil person because we also taught that evil is a bad name at the faith. So if that person shows himself to submit his will to do the will of God, we don't call that person, you know, necessarily a devil, but it's about the nature. You know, Muhammad Ali said one time, if I seen 10,000 snakes coming at me at one time, well, I'll tell the story like this. He said, um, I don't know if Muhammad Ali told this story or not, but if you're teaching your sons to go out there and play with some snakes if your son is immature and he's not mature enough to tell the difference between a rattlesnake or a poisonous snake and a grass snake, you don't go try to tell the son, hey, man, this one right here is a good snake and this one right here is a bad snake. You say, leave them all alone. And after you leave them all alone, shoot, you ain't got to worry about your son being killed or bitten by any of them or poisoned by any of them. And then as he grows older, now you can start to decipher and show which one is this, which one is that. But at the end of the day, they both still are snakes at the end of the day. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So, yeah, proceed. I'm sorry. In the um, what was I at? So uh, the 21 biological brothers and sisters, we end up, I end up finding that out. Um um, about him and the reason I bring up this story and who I am because this what this is what pushed me into me doing videos because um, I'm naturally an introvert because I grew up as the only child I always wanted like a brother and sister around but I never had that and because I didn't have that and you know I wasn't necessarily an open person like with anybody who didn't you know that I wasn't around if you didn't play basketball I pretty much didn't talk to you 
Um, and so because I was at home and I wanted those brothers and sisters that I knew I had with me, but I couldn't, I created characters. So when y'all see my skits, that stemmed from me having conversations literally with myself. I created um, imaginary friends that I would talk to and I would have conversations in my head. And whenever somebody like made me mad, I would play that person in the skit and I'm talking to them, mm. you know, just expressing myself. That was my way of venting. That was my way of getting my words out because I didn't, you know, pronounce words loud back in the day. I was very quiet. They would always say, what you say, speak louder. And so that was my way to express myself with, you know, personality, uh, with, with humor and things of that nature. So I literally have videos where you can even see both of myself in the screen talking to myself. And as I did that, I started off uh, learning how to uh, edit videos by um, playing basketball. When I played basketball, I would do my own highlights. I didn't wait for Baldur's Life to come out, mm. although I got on Baldur's Life e eventually. I didn't wait for them to come out. I, shoot, my mama got me a camera. I learned how to edit my own videos. And then I started doing skits. And then after I joined the Nation of Islam in 2015, I started to get more wisdom. I started to get more knowledge. And then I had something to actually share. And then I started to break down current events. And when I would break down current events, I would tie back into the teachings and show how it was relevant and show how he has even given us guidance or how we have the solution to whatever problem that I'm presenting. Because I believe in the news, we always talk about the problem, even today. It's the problem, it's the problem, it's the problem, but what is the solution to the problem? So on my platform, I always want to tie the problem to the solution so that you can have a whole message that you can look to. And then it, it, it literally blew up from there. I, had over, I have over half a billion views on Facebook. Mm. Um, got over, I had over 40 million um, uh, YouTube views before I got terminated. I had over 146. Well, you, got, you got terminated from YouTube too? Yeah. Well, so you I shut got down your Instagram and your Facebook? No, my Instagram didn't get shut down. It was your YouTube. It's my YouTube you. that got shut down. I built that back up. My Facebook, I'm just always in prison over there. So I'm just always in jail. Uh, why? The, why? Why? Well, first off, why did your YouTube get shut down? Well, my YouTube got shut down for hate speech. Uh, they didn't tell me what video it was. I didn't have no strikes at the moment. They just said hate speech. I'm literally speaking in Austin at the time. As I'm driving back home, a brother hits me and say, bro, your YouTube channel is gone. I said, man, here you go playing. I ain't got time to be playing. So I'm driving home and I try to click on a video because, you know, I sent links out. So when I click the video, it says this YouTube channel has been terminated. I try to hit YouTube. It's the, of course, it's the, um, the computer hit me back with some general message. So to this day, I still don't know what video it was, wow. what was said. And so the whole YouTube video is gone. I literally used my YouTube as a hard drive. So I had so many unlisted videos on there, mm. college videos, stuff people never seen that I was just saving. And uh, all that's gone. I have no way of getting it back. And uh, I just had to build it back up. But I think that was a beautiful experience for me because it was my mainstream of income. So it did hit me, but I didn't let that pretty much deter me. But what it showed me was I wasn't doing it for money because if I was spreading that message for money, I would have said, man, there's no reason for me to be back on YouTube. Yeah. But immediately I got right back on YouTube with the same exact message because I know I was helping people and giving life to the dead on YouTube. So that kind of was confirmation that I was doing it for the right reason. Um, and then as I was growing, I was always sharing my journey along the way. I was sharing when my car broke down. I was showing when I got a car. I was showing when that, when that car broke down. And people started to see me grow online without talking about negative things. Because around that time, people thought the best way to grow on YouTube is to get on Worldstar from knocking somebody out or doing something crazy or doing pranks. And they didn't see doing something positive and giving inf informative game as a way to actually grow online. But I was like, 
you can do it. Yeah. And so when I began to do it and I was creating content, I was being creative, I was doing skits, I was growing on all these platforms so they know it ain't no fluke because he got a platform on multiple platforms. Um, people start to ask me questions. I'm talking about it in my comment sections and my DM. So I decided to make a course. And once I made that course, um, I got a, I got a couple people in. They start <clears> to get results. It wasn't as big as it was right now with digital real estate, but I had the results from those who actually came in. Then when I got with Brother Jake, to make a long story short, we got together, created digital real estate. Well, made it digital real estate with the name. And uh, once we put the testimonies out there with the free game, um, it, it blew up from there. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. So, um, Jake, if you could uh, introduce yourself as well, man. <laughs> um, yeah, my name is Jake. Uh, from Dallas, Texas. I grew up with my stepmom and my dad. Um, my stepmom started taking care of me since I was two years old. Um, it wasn't that my mom died or my biological mom died or anything. She was just 19 with two kids. Mm. And um, my stepmom just, she married my father. And um, I like to call myself a financial uh, and business enthusiast. Uh, I, I learned business from my grandfather which is my stepmom's dad and I used to go Your with grandfather him. which is just stepmom's dad, dad. Yeah. yes okay gotcha and um he was the first he was the first millionaire I ever met and also the first millionaire I ever met lose everything <laughs> really <laughs> yes yes he was, what game was he in a taxes taxes yeah. he was doing taxes yeah yeah he had two locations he was bought out by Jackson Hewitt and mm. um yeah he was Santa Claus to the hood mm. and um so he's he's bought out by Jackson Hewitt. Obviously, yeah. he has all this yeah. money now. Now he was, he was already generating a million dollars a year. Yeah. Then he got bought out by Jackson Hewitt. Then he got in some trouble. Then he had to pay the five fees back, and he ain't got nothing out. How did he get in trouble? Taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping that wasn't the answer. Like the tax man got tax trouble. That's crazy. Okay. Yeah, taxes. Uh. <laughs> Taxes, yeah, but I but I got to see um, what black excellence could look like. I, mm -hmm. I liked, man, I like, man, I used to like walking into restaurants, and sometimes we wouldn't even have to pay for food mm -hmm. because everybody would be like, "Oh, that's Mr. Fisher," so we would come down, Mr. Fisher. Oh, that's Little Fish. What you want? We'll sit down, and at the end, my my papa would try to pull out his billfold to pay. Oh no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. You did this, 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 and such and such and such for my brother. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were enamored about what my grandfather, how much he made. And I was enamored about the connections that he had that were so deep that people said, man, because you did this, this, this for my grand, my son and for this, you, you, you ain't never got to worry about nothing like that. So that, that's what kind of taught me impact with there. And then as I kind of uh, started to get older, you know, of course, you start you stop wanting to spend time with your grandparents because you're older right. now you want to go do whatever. And, um, and my dad taught me, um, my dad taught me lending. Uh, my dad never trusted the banks ever. Mm. Never. I'm talking about never trusted the banks. And for him, he said, it doesn't make sense. Why would I give the bank $5,000 to put in a savings account? And then when I want to ask them, can I borrow 5,000? They can use that 5,000 I got as collateral. I got to go through all this paperwork and they still deny me. And my dad was like, why not? take the money just like the banks and start lending money. So I got to witness my grand, my, my dad had like, um, like a, a note, notepad with everybody that owed him. He was making four to $8,000 a month lending money 
mm. on just on interest alone uh, from working at the Dallas Morning News. So I, I got to see him go collect uh, from people. Wow. So I got to saw my I saw my grandfather build an build an actual organization. And I saw my dad actually make money lending, and this is all important to the story of of my upbringing. And so when I saw that my um, he lost his job at the Dallas Morning News because they said because of 2008, 2007, around that time. And uh, I saw my mom crying in the kitchen. And when I saw her crying in the kitchen, um, I already kind of knew it was it was something to do with money because my parents never hid nothing from us. They was mm-hmm. pretty open and candid because we knew we were poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think I tell people all the time, Shans, that the worst poor to be is poor in the middle class. Because everybody's mm. expecting for you to have money. Yeah. So all your real friends are in the hood, yeah. <laughs> but they got more money than you. And then in the suburbs, everybody had like throwback jerseys and it was tight. And I was getting my jerseys from Dollar General. So at Dollar General, they had it's called the General Jersey. <laughs> what? It was, <laughs> it was red. It was like a football jersey. It had the number 15 on it. <laughs> a random number 15. Yeah, yeah. And um, I used to get my clothes from Dollar General. And I went to school one day, and I got roasted so bad. I bet. Um, but it taught me resilience. It taught me um, uh, to live back based on what you need. Coming into a house, my, my brother's been blind since birth, and seeing my brother, who had a 1% chance to live, mm-hmm. seeing how he took advantage of all things in life. So he had a 1% chance to live, wasn't supposed to walk, has autism, been blind since birth. But this, this dude is literally changing the remote and watching TV blind. You know the channels. Mm. You know how to call people on the phone. Know how, like this is how he operates. He's completely independent. So kind of wow. seeing that grow up and seeing how he took life, I just got to just grab from so many different elements. So when my father lost his job 2007, 2008. I picked up uh, uh, selling candy. I saw a guy by the name of Bab at a tea, but he was selling candy. He was the only one that was going to let me come work for him. And I knew I didn't know the candy business, so I sat under Bab, and he taught me the game of how to sell candy. But I realized that a lot of people who were selling candy were sloppy. How old were you at this point? I was like uh, 14. I graduated at 17. I was like 15, 15, 16, like 15, 16. And I saw that he was selling candy. I knew what he was doing, and I needed to learn learn the game because I needed to make money. And um, long story short, uh, I, I sold for him for about a week or maybe two weeks. And I I realized that none of the kids really took inventory. They never looked at the numbers. They never looked at any of that. But I learned from my dad the importance of counting numbers and knowing who who all owed you. And so I was stealing candy from a bab. I was eating his candy. He didn't even know. So as long as I brought him him back at least $50, he was cool. Mm. So I realized, okay, this is going to be a nice little squeeze because all of these kids out here just doing it for extra fun. I'm going to have to do it for money. So I went to my papa and I said, papa, I need 150 bucks. He said, for what? I told him why. He took me to Costco, gave me $150 for candy, took the candy, made $300 that next day. Mm. $300 next day, paid my papa back to 150, went and read up, re-up on Costco, did it again. Long story short, we got up to, um, what I realized was, Shan, that there are seven periods in in um, in in a day at mm-hmm. school. We only had five minute passing periods. So that's only 35 minutes I could sell five candy. Five minute passing periods. Yes. What do you mean? So like before, when the bell rings, going from one class to the next gotcha. class, you got five minutes in between. So with seven periods, five minutes in between, that's only 35 minutes that you have to sell. I knew at that age, if I'm selling out a bag of candy myself, 
I wonder how much I could sell if I had 10 people move and work for me. And I you're running work. these numbers at 14, Bro, 15. Yes, but it's because I tell people you become what you're exposed to. So I saw my I saw my papa running a company. Yeah. He had over 30 employees. Mm. I saw I saw my dad. Yes, he was by himself, but he knew all of his numbers. Yeah. And uh, I guess those exposures kind of were able to do it. And then when I finally got to meet my I started going around my biological mother, who she was married to at the time, had two barbershops. Mm. And he had people working for him, cutting hair in the barbershops and paying him back his stuff. So I, I got exposed to people who were kind of doing something, yeah, right? I think that's the that's the thing about our community is we just lack exposure. Yeah. And the only thing we're exposed to, we try to become, whether it's rapper yep. or the, the dude down the corner, we know he got the j- chains, he got the girls, he got the cars. Yep. And we're like, yo, whatever I got to do to look like that yep. and have all that, yep. that or or this is what success looks like. So mm-hmm. I got to do whatever they yep. did to be successful. Yep. So that, I, I, I think that's why it's important. And I, I know all of us probably go to the schools and just expose the kids yep. to the, look. Look what entrepreneurship looks like. Yep. Entrepreneurs can wear hoodies. Yep. We don't got to we don't got to be the the tight businessman and we don't have to do the wrong thing yep. so that that's amazing that's crazy you, you learn the numbers from yeah wow that's amazing yeah if we have more time I, i'll be able to go but so um so in school <laughs> and so school in my head i'm like okay i need one more person because one more person 35 plus 35 that's 70 minutes mm. which is why i fell in love with mlm mm. because of how you could scale time yeah and uh, when people say it's impossible to scale time, scale time, I say that's a lie because it's called human capital. Mm-hmm. You work through people to get a job done just exactly how God does. None of us have seen God in the flesh, but we see him through the works of people. So if you understand how to move your work through people, you don't have to be the person that's in the front of the room if you're the person moving your message through people to get to the front of the room. Like so that. when I was in school, I said, man, boom. So I put my, my, my best friend on, boom, sell a bag. Well, I knew... After one day, I said, let me see how much he's, he eats, eats out the bag. He ate about $5 worth. So it's a funny story. I didn't know what I was doing, but I created what's called now a compensation package. So I, <laughs> so, so, so I wrote out the inventory because I realized, so let him know I knew how much was in there. And I said, if he sold out the bag, he could have all of these things, $5 worth. That was what he was going to steal right. from me anyway. But he felt like I was giving to him. So he was selling out the bag. Through, before the end of the day, mm-hmm. like halfway through the periods at like fourth period. He never would have done that before. Mm-hmm. But because I said, if you sell out the bag, you can have $5 worth of uh, inventory that you can eat or do whatever with. Mm-hmm. He sold in a fourth period, which told me, well, if I create that incentive, he can sell two bags for me. So it was just me and him. He sold two bags and my bag was for the security guards. What I realized is that a lot of the kids, they were getting tough with the security guards, not realizing the security guards were the gatekeepers. Mm. So I got cool with the security guards and I started buying the security guards exactly what they wanted. So my bag was only for the security guards. Mm. So uh, my friend, he was moving. I was going to the security guard like phone, 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 phone. That's crazy. And so uh, that's crazy. You're calculating all this in high school. I don't know how though. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like it was intentional. I'm just, right. I'm just observing, yeah. and um, and so doing th- the doing the observing. I'm I'm doing that, and uh, it was a lady by the name of Miss Davis. She was there since the principal, and so one day I went up to Miss Davis, and um, uh, she she got my best friend's bag, 
and she knew it was my bag. Yeah. So I went to Miss Davis. When I got to Miss Davis, uh, she was like, Jacobs, what are you doing? They're like, da, 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 da. And I told her my situation. I was just honest. I said, ma'am, a lot of these kids are doing it because they want to. I'm doing it because I need to. And she was like, okay, this is the game. She literally gave me the game. So Miss yeah. Davis became my best ally. She and the security guards would go confiscate all of the competitors' candy. <laughs> what? <laughs> and then give it to me at the end of the day. <laughs> That's crazy. And so I would take the candy, repackage it, and then I started to employ the people that gave me the candy. Unbelievable. So in Cedar Hill, I had 10 people moving candy for me, and most people didn't even know that it was my candy that was being moved. And so we got to that, and then we ended up going to DeSoto, Lancaster, and Duncanville, which are um, the uh, uh, high schools that were around. But a lot of people don't even know a lot of the candy that was being moved was my candy. And yeah. so in high school, um, got up to $4,000 a month selling candy net after everybody got paid and we re-upped on candy. Yeah, that experience, you'll never be, like, a, a <laughs> child like that, you're never going to be comfortable working a job. No, so this is the deal. So you go play basketball. My dad like, all right, you got to go hoop now. You got to mm. go play college ball. So I went to play college ball. Best thing that ever happened to me, I tore my ACL my senior year of college. And... Um, I always tell them document. I tell people documentation rules the nation. Um, after I tore my ACL, I went to a pro combine in LA. I was the number one point guard there. Believe it or not, I was the number one point guard there. Uh, <laughs> I believe. Believe it or not, I got the news. I got the news clipping for you. I got the news clipping. <laughs> believe it or not, believe it or not. Uh, uh, after I tore my ACL, um, but when I tore you know my so crazy, real quick. I'm, I'm sorry to stop the story, but I I understand why you guys are running a seven figure company now. Because it seems like nothing that happens that appears negative is negative, but it's the best thing that happened. So um, Ben said, yo, I lost my YouTube channel. Best thing that happened, ever happened to me. Yeah. You see, I tore my ACL. Best thing that ever happened to me. Like yeah. that mindset has to be developed. How did y'all develop that? And I want, I want you to finish your story, but I want to hear from both of y'all. How do you develop that mindset of this is the best thing that ever happened to me? Or is it always hindsight? Mm, hindsight for me. Mm. You don't know it's the best thing when it's happening. You just yeah. like, we were poor, poor. Yeah. So like, I always go back to, it can't be no worse than mm. how I grew up. Like nothing in life can be that bad. Yeah. And uh, and I think that my mom always taught us, um, if you ain't dead, that means you're alive. If you're alive, you need to be doing something. And no matter what happened, if I ain't dead, that means I'm alive. If I'm alive, that means I got to be doing something. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be doing something. I have to be progressing. So when I tore my ACL, okay, what's next? Mm -hmm. I mean, I can't, I can't play. Yeah. So what's next? And I, I don't know. I just think now I th we think about that regularly. Yeah. But um, so then, then when then I was, was younger. Your, was yours, yeah. your experience, when you're going through it, were you, did you have this mindset of, yo, I can't best thing that happened because I know I know it's on the other side of these type of situations <clears throat> for me it is I honestly when I'm going through a situation I think about the people that I'm going to influence so to me I'm only a vessel being used by God literally so this is why you know I go live when my car breaks down some people won't do that they want to act like they got all the cars yeah. and they never went through anything the reason I think people love me so much is because I go live and say, my car broke down again. I have literally a video where I'm teaching and I had popcorn ceilings at the time. Mm. And so I'm literally, this is a chapter in my book, by the way. He's, I'm going live teaching and I'm talking about how I want to get a Bentley eventually. And he says, you ain't going, how you going to get a Bentley nigga and you, uh, and you have popcorn ceilings? 
So me, I screenshot it and post it. Hey, family, look. He said, I'm going to do that. There's going to be chapter nine in my book, Popcorn Selling. So I always show what looks like a downfall to inspire other people that you could do it as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm also, I feel like it's like a sacrificial lamb. Like, I know I'm going to get through it. Like, even when I got married, it's like, I'll be good. If I, if I know I can make it happen, but I have to make moves so that they're straight. So whenever I'm going through something, it's like I know I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen because I've always had that mindset. I'm either going to do a YouTube video. I'm going to ask somebody. I'm going to figure out how to make it happen. But other people don't think like that. Yeah. Other people, I feel like, be like, woe is me. So if I can yeah, show y'all why, if I can show y'all that I can get over it, let me document that process for you and show you that it can happen as well. So even when recently we just started working out, we haven't because he, we kind of got off schedule with it. But really, the reason that really inspired me to start working out is not because I want to be strong and be some big dude or a stronger guy. It's because I want to show the ABS tribe that, bro, it looks easy when we're talking about business because this is where we are. This is where we at now. But let me show you how we're vulnerable with the weights. I'm not yeah. the strongest. So let me show you that I can get I can overcome something mentally and physically. So when I'm telling you to push through with making a video that ain't got that ain't nothing compared for me lifting 225. Then when you look at me struggling and you see, damn. He ain't the, he ain't the, he ain't top in this field. Mm-hmm. But when you see me push through this, the principal's going to relate that. Okay, I need to push through this little easy lesson uh, that he going. So I'm always going through something with other people in mind that if I can get through it, you can right. too. Yeah, that muscle that muscle wasn't developed in me until after I lost the, my business the second time. Um, everything for me was hindsight because I wasn't trying to teach nobody. I mm-hmm. was trying to survive. Yeah, 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 yeah. VX, <laughs> uh, yeah, VX different. so and and i think that's important for people to know that it takes a traumatic situation for you and then you get over it to start moving looking forward at a situation that like something something's going to happen that is um that could potentially be life-changing right in all of our futures right but if we if we've been through it already, if we've been through the worst of it, we know that whatever situation we're going through, our minds are focused on how am I going to get over it? Mm-hmm. But some people, they're in a situation right now and they don't they they haven't got over that initial hump to realize that the next thing I'll get over that too. Right. So what advice would you have for somebody um, that is going through right now? Because it's one thing to say, yo, you'll get past it, you'll get over it. But what is some what is something you could tell somebody that's dealing with something right now? I, I, I would say um, we have to become grateful for what we have. I think a lot of a lot of times um, we think that we haven't overcame anything because we're not grateful for what we have already overcame. So if Sorry. I'm in a situation where my YouTube channel gets terminated and let's say, for example, we do our worst month of the year and we like, what are we going to do? In my mind, I could easily say, dang, man, how am I going to overcome this, man? This, this is just too much, man. What are we going to do? That's because if I feel like this is like hard and I, and, and I don't think I've ever overcame anything like this, it's because I'm forgetting that my YouTube channel terminated and 
I overcame and built it back up. So we minimize the value that we have. I don't see that as nothing. Oh, that's just like a little YouTube channel. No, that's something. So many people have lost their channels and didn't bounce back at all. So you have to see, you have to be grateful and value yourself enough to know what you've done in the past to let that be faith and really uh, social proof in a way that you can overcome it in the future or overcome it in your present. So I think a lot of times we are not looking at what God has already allowed us to get over. And because we don't have that gratitude of what we've already overcame and the strength that he's already showed us that we have, we don't realize that we have it. So that's why oftentimes when you actually go go to apply it or you put in a condition where you have to apply it, it's already been there the whole time. You just didn't recognize it. Mm. Um, I think that a lot of us that struggle with getting over our current situations, uh, we only struggle because we don't know our destination. Mm. See, if you knew to get here at seven o'clock for this interview and your car broke down, what would be your next option? Uber. Uber. If Uber down, you go to what? Lyft. Lyft. (laughs) (laughs) Right? But when you know your destination and you know the time that you need to get there, how you get there doesn't matter. So you don't look at the problems that are arising in your life. You're trying to get to where you need to go. Mm. See, if my wife was on the third floor of an apartment complex and there was a fire, I don't care what's going on that may stop me from getting to her. My only thought process is how can I find a solution to go rescue my wife who is stuck on the third floor of an apartment complex? I'm going to figure out a way. But it's because I know my destination. My destination, my target is to go save my wife. Everything else don't matter. But the problem that we all are living in is most of us are walking dead. We are walking zombies with no location, no place to go, no home to go to, no destination to reach. So if I don't know where I am going, if I don't know my destiny, destiny is hiding in your destination. Mm. So if I don't know my destiny that's hiding in my destination, I'm always going to get caught up on the minute things. See, in this building right here, Brother Shan, uh, uh, this building looks big, right? Since we're on the inside. We go step outside. We get real close to the door. The building is still going to look extremely large. However, if you go 100 meters up in the sky in a helicopter, mm-hmm. this building that was once big is now smaller. I go 100 more meters up in the sky. The thing that was small is now like minute. I go 100 more meters up in the sky. What was minute? It's like a little speck in our eye. That's exactly how big our problems are when I'm looking and I know my destination where I'm going. But if I don't know where I'm going, I'm, I'm consumed in my problem, which is now huge. larger than life. Yeah. Wow. So a lot of us are just lacking our destination. And when we lack our destination, we don't realize that we'll never find our destiny because our destiny is hitting in our destination. So my question I typically ask people that have all these problems, where are you going? Mm. What is your purpose here? What are you trying to overcome? What are you trying to accomplish? And nine times out of 10, most of our answers are, I just want to be a millionaire or, or I don't know. Well, that's why this is a big problem because you don't know exactly what you're trying to, what you're here, what you're made to do. You don't know why you are here and what you're trying, we're supposed to be doing, which means of course this is a big deal. But when you know where you're going, ain't no big deal. 
This is a part of the process. It's just in my way and I need to overcome it because the faster I can overcome it will be the faster I can get to where I need to be. I want to add to that real quick because I'm thinking now this question from a a viewer's mind as entrepreneurs, especially online entrepreneurs. I think when you are going through a problem as an entrepreneur, what could help you is becoming humble enough to seek guidance and realize that you don't know the answer. Because I think a lot of times when you have a lot of followers, (laughs) um, when you have a lot of followers, and people look up to you for a certain thing, you have to come off as if you know everything. But when you are humble enough to realize that, I don't know this. And literally, there is literally somebody else in business who has been through what you're going through. So you can literally just go uh, uh, read a book or find a mentor. And once you do that, See, because I think a lot of people don't do that is because they want to look so self-made. You want to look like, oh, man, I never went through any problems. The only way for me to be the guru or your coach is for you to know that I don't go through problems. When I actually, I think that will help you out. Like us in the ABS tribe, when we mess up, we go share our mess ups in the ABS tribe. When we tell them, hey, man, why you didn't do this assignment? We get on them. But when we didn't do our assignment from our coach, we share with them. Hey, y'all, we dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. And this is the consequences. We didn't we didn't make this because we didn't listen to our coach and a lot of people aren't willing to do that which causes them to look perfect in a way or they want to look perfect in a way and this is why you're stuck and I think that's not just with business that's with everything in our life when you don't want to ask for help when you want to look like you are just the 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 the, the, end, the end all be all like you know everything um your arrogance um stops you from seeking the right answers and then outside of that like brother Jake said uh, whenever you're going through a problem, your your destination has to be in mind and don't look at the problem. And I know it's going to be hard, especially when it's a big problem. You almost have to ignore the problem and focus only on the solution. Mm. And I think a lot of times that's very hard to think about somebody who's homeless. And I'm telling them, bro, don't think about money. Think about your purpose. It's hard for you to even c- conceive that. But as I was teaching on recently, when you can see past money, when you can see past your condition, whenever you achieve that, everything is coming with it. Like this going to be maybe a little vulgar, but a lot of men, you looking only for the sex. But if you look past the sex and you look for commitment, the commitment is bigger. The vision that you want to take her on is bigger. But once you get that, the sex is going to eventually come with it. And I think a lot of times in our community, we're focused on the problem or we focus on this particular thing, but by you focus on this particular thing, it's not going to solve that problem. So if I want more money and I tell you to focus on purpose, you may say, here you go with that philosophy. Here you go with this mindset stuff. But if you focus on your purpose of impacting more people by doing that, not focusing on yourself, focus on helping somebody else pay their bill. And you may say, this is crazy. I'm not even paying my bills. How I'm going to help him pay his bill. But if you figure out a way to help him pay his bills, he's going to compensate you for that. And if you help enough of them pay their bill, you're going to forget how much your bills even cost. It's going to come with that. So I think that's what they have to do. See past their condition by focusing on focusing on a mentor, seeking a mentor and studying about solutions versus focusing on your problem. Absolutely. And, and you guys are kind of telling me about your collaboration, how you came together. And it's phenomenal because you guys started your business together. What, in 2019? Mm hmm. Well, it was kind of, it was, he had his, I was doing my thing and it kind of collaborated together. Right, right. But, and so between the time that you two came together, I think you said y'all did seven figures in 
eight months. months. Mm-hmm. Incredible. So was there a conversation where, okay, this is where we're going? Or first off, how did how did the collaboration happen, first off? You gonna tell the story? You can tell he's a, he's a, he know how to tell the story best. <laughs> so um I'm trying to get more seen, right? Because apparently I was a Grinch inside of a cave and didn't do any public stuff. So uh, I was told about um, an event that was put on in Dallas. What were you doing? Uh, running, running my insurance financial firm. Gotcha. That's all I was doing. Um, and I didn't need to be seen because we had direct mail. We were doing right. leads that way, right? Successful business. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, But got, thank God I got uh, mentorship on being seen. So got invited to speak on a panel. So it's me and my wife, and we're in the green room. BX is sitting on a white couch, brown suit, with his bow tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Classic Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic so ben we walk in. My wife got her heels on, so we got to sit down. So I said, hey, baby, let's go have a seat on this couch right here. So we go sit down on the couch. Ben's sitting, like, right here. Mm-hmm. We, like, right here. We sit down. The Did moment, you know who he was? No. Mm-hmm. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. Mm-hmm. So when I when we sat down, I said, what's up? He did like that. He just got up and walked to the mirror, did his bow tie like this. Really? At my wife. Yes. I looked at my wife. It just it was just too like you were sitting there comfortable. But when we sat down, you pop up like something shaky. <laughs> you so, know what's funny? If, if, if Bill was white, you'd be like, oh, man. Also, <laughs> oh, black people come around. Yeah, real talk, real talk. So it was the same feeling, right? Right. So I said, babe, get up real quick. Get up real quick. Get up. So we both got up. Uh, my wife calls me extra, but we both got up. And I said, hey, babe, just go get us something to drink real quick. I just want to see something. Because I'm always observing people. Mm-hmm. He sit down. <laughs> my wife come back with the drink. I said, babe, let's go sit down again. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear, like, Ben's side. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember this. Sit down. <laughs> so... We sit down, he get back up. <laughs> he go back to the mirror, fixing that janky bow tie. <laughs> and I say, hey, brother, we don't bite. He say, good to know, and walks out the door. That was my first encounter with What? <laughs> so I wasn't fucking with him. <laughs> At all. And the whole, the, everybody in the green room was full of cap. So everybody coming in, you can Google me, this and this. Mm-hmm. And me and my wife sitting there like, Everybody coming there, Captain, Captain, Captain. He, he got his ego. I'm like, oh, if this was going to be, I was going to leave. Like, this is, if this house is going to be around here, mm. this will all come out. <laughs> and so we get on the panel. They got the chairs and they got, you know, uh, where they want everybody. Mm-hmm. They sit me and BX side by side. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this thing like, oh, I look at my wife and she's like, <laughs> so they doing all this stuff stuff and he and I got together uh, we, we got on the same page because people were just they're just talking and wasn't answering the question so he and I start looking at each other like and then there was this guy um, that was saying that the solution for black people who are always complaining was just to throw money at us you remember that mm-hmm. and, yeah. I, and I told his ass up Give me the edited version for the kids. Oh, I'm sorry. And I tow his butt up. Put <laughs> the same yeah, answer yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tow his butt up because um, money isn't the problem. The problem is the lack of exposure 
the lack of time for people who are actually succeeding to come back and actually teach people because you can give somebody the money. We see it all the time. People go get money from the bank. Mm -hmm. So funding ain't it. It is the skill sets that are needed, which is what you talk about, the skill sets. Because when you develop the skill sets, you can, the, the, the money is in the customer. You don't, you don't, you don't need to. So the guy was like, I'll, I'll give somebody 100000 right now. Who, who got a business? 50000 100000 so I grabbed the mic and went in my town. I tore him up. BX looked at me. He said, oh, you black, black. <laughs> so from that point on, we 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 kind of messed around. And um, we started kind of, uh, I started kind of giving him game on, on insurance. And I told him, I said, you can buy you can buy wealth until you build wealth. And I was telling him the importance of insurance. A lot of people think that, you know, creating generational wealth is some strenuous job and you just got to overthink it. No, Generational wealth is giving your children options past when you're not here. Mm -hmm. So with insurance, you can buy it. It's yeah. done. Yeah. Wealth is there for the next generation. So I began to tell him my structure of how I set up my family to be worth over $490 million by our fourth generation never using anything but insurance. Yeah, go on and share that, brother. Let us sit on that conversation right now. <laughs> we need to know immediately. So so my wife and I have it set it up. At the time, we have more insurance, but at the time, uh, each of us had, um, the goal was to have $10 million a piece of death benefit life insurance. $10 million. When we die, the money's going inside of a trust. This trust is going to generate, let's say, on average, 4 to 5% of interest inside a trust. Well, in a trust, it is like you're, it's like you living um, through paperwork. It's like you in words. So you can set it up to where your beneficiaries have to do certain checkpoints in order to be able to receive their piece of the trust. So that's $20 million in a trust. We got $20 million in a trust. Now you have your kids. Say we, we plan to have three How children. How much do you have to put in to have $20 million in a trust. Like well, to get a 10 million and a 10 million. Yes. How much are, am I paying? Yes. So, that? so, um, approximately. Okay. So approximately for, it depends on the age. So mm -hmm. say somebody's 30 years old. Um, I use permanent, uh, whole life insurance because we actually build our banking system through insurance. Uh, but to get $10 million, we spend about, uh, I put about a, I put about a hundred thousand dollars a year mm. into my insurance policies. Mm. And, um, we have, we have a little bit over $10 million of, uh, life insurance coverage. Um, but we can use that capital, that money I'm putting in, I can use that money, the same money I'm putting in the policy actively daily, but that's pretty much about the 10 million. But if somebody just wanted to get term policies, you can do it with term policies with term policies for a million dollars of coverage for somebody who's in their twenties. You're talking about 50, 50 bucks a month, mm -hmm. you know, from 50 to uh, 50 to a hundred bucks a month, depending on their age and health. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about minimal, the cost of actually getting just say a million dollars is minimal, mm -hmm. you know, a hundred bucks a month, 200 bucks a month. You're worth a million dollars. Hmm. It's that simple. How does the insurance company win in this scenario? The, the name of the game for insurance is that they're banking on you not doing your part of the contract. See, the contract is a unilateral partnership. So it's, it is if you don't do your job, they don't do theirs. What's my job? Your job is to pay your premium. That's it. So they're banking that you're not going to start to pay my premium not. for five years. No, for tw or even 20. No, no, but what I'm saying yeah. is I'll start to pay my premium for five years. Eventually, times get hard, and I cancel it, and they just got five years of free money. Facts. Dang. So, a lot of people Yo, say- Yo, they're <laughs> betting against- Yes. A person- Yes. 
that they won't be consistent enough. Yes. The long haul. Matter of fact, matter of fact, most people don't know because a lot of financial advisors teach getting a term, buy term, invest the difference. But the truth is, only one percent of term policies pay out. So they don't. They Why? Won't. Because stop paying the they stop paying them, or they, um, uh, or uh, when the term ends after say a twenty year or thirty year term, the cost of that same insurance is drastically higher. So you just you just don't continue it. Gotcha. So I can be paying it for ten years, and then it it shoots up. Then it turns out. So you got a ten year, twenty year, thirty year term. Mm-hmm. So at the end of a ten year term, the policy is now. Done. Invested. Yes. No, no, it's done. Like, <laughs> you got to get another policy. But you're 10 years older. You're closer to death. So the cost of insurance is what? More. Say you get a 20-year. By the time you get to 50, 20 years is over. You know what I mean? You're here. <laughs> By the time you get to 50, 20 years is over. Now you got a term. Guess what happens? You're 50 years old to get the same million dollars. So what people don't fail to realize is that with a term policy, you're betting that you're going to die before your time. So it's, it's a bet like, yo, mm. I got a, I got a 30 year term. You saying you want to die in 30 years? No, I want to die at a hundred. I want that. I want that permanent policy. It almost seems like gambling. It is gambling. You're rolling the dice. <laughs> yeah, real talk. So I want to protect my, no, I want, this is what people fail to realize. When it comes to life insurance, life insurance is not called death insurance. Life insurance is supposed to protect every aspect of your life. Everything in life is protected by insurance. This building that we're in is insurance. <laughs> the, the mics, I hope you got insurance on the mic. You probably don't know. I don't know if I bought that Lord's shirt on. A couple of hours. No, 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 no. I think, I think on the mics, yes. I, I, did I pay that? Oh, $30? You got to. You, <laughs> you need to. You try to go back, go, get, go to send it back and be like, it don't work and right. get it back again. But no, it's, it's insurance. So, so with, with life insurance, a lot of people don't even realize that um, I teach this in our private banking blueprint that banks literally put billions of dollars in the cash account of insurance, life insurance policies. If you were to go to the FDIC, you go look at the assets and liabilities ledger. Every bank that is backed by the FDIC has to legally show you their assets and liabilities ledger publicly because the FDIC is funded by us. Hmm. Wow, that's deep. So did you know this before y'all... Absolutely, I didn't know none of this. No, none of it. So you have some life insurance, I take it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so you know, I'm starting uh, a new bank. Right. Hey. <laughs> okay. That one. That's great. how long were you in life insurance? Life uh, I've insurance been I've been licensed five years. Gotcha. Okay. I've been teaching this three. Okay. All right. So connecting with. Yes. So was he on stage talking about life insurance? No. no. So y'all just connected, just started talking, and then I'm sure. Yeah, we connected. You got, you got passion about life insurance, so I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, so what what got me is that he was talking about our community. Anything that can help our community, you know, that's what I want to collaborate with. So once I saw he was on that, I was like, yeah. You know what I mean? Then after that, um, it was a brother, uh, brother Amir who wanted to connect us, uh, and then we ended up meeting. And once he showed me this that he just showed you, for me, I was already teaching do for self, but I was like, you're going to have to brand, you're going to have to do your thing on social media to do what I'm doing. Yeah. But with this, it's a lot easier. And uh, I talk about generational wealth and passing things down, but it's going to take a little time to do that. So when he said, yo, they can buy wealth. Yeah, they keep building. You got to make money, I mean, to even put into the policy. But if something happens in the meantime, if you are here going for the community and you're doing this, if something ever happens to you, your family is straight. And so... um, 
I want to bring that to the community. And that and that was uh, fascinating <laughs> to me, the amount of money that you can put in. And if anything happens, you know, you can uh, get that amount. And then when he talks about owning your own bank, and this is what got me. He said, if I got $100,000 in my bank account, and I ask you, because uh, I learned how to teach a little bit. Okay. <laughs> if you got $100,000 in your bank account and you take out 50000 how much you got left? Fifty. It can't be 50000 the, the way the question's set up. But uh, if I have $100,000 in my bank account and I take out 50000 mm-hmm. I still have 100000 right? Because I took out 50000 I still took it out unless I spent How it. much do you have left in your bank account? In my, left in my bank account? 50,000 that day. Right. So that was my thoughts, right? Yeah. So he going to break it down for you, but you still got 100,000 when you have your own bank set up like he did. So when he break that when he broke that down and then he showed me how that money that you took out is tax-free money, I was like, "Oh, man, you don't even got to nothing nothing. Hey, hit up Jake Taylor Jacob. <laughs> what you do- mean the money you take out is tax-free? Oh, he gonna hit this. This his job. None. So, that's his department. So, no, you 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 supposed to give me the handy job. I'm gonna give you the question, and I'm gonna throw the alley oop to my brother now. I ain't that. All right, break it, down, so, break it down. So, in an insurance policy, the reason why banks like to utilize the money, and people don't realize Walmart became a billion dollar company from the utilization of insurance policies. Um, Walmart. Yes, Walmart. Um, and so did Warren Buffett. You look up any of the articles of Warren Buffett talking about life insurance, he'll say that him getting into life insurance was single-handedly the reason why he became a billionaire. Um, so life insurance is in all of these things most people just don't know. So in an insurance policy, there is the death benefit side, and then there's a savings account. Well, in the savings account, when you dump money inside of it, you get guaranteed, if it's built right, everybody can't do it. Right. Um, but in the policies that we talk about and that we, that we put our clients in, in the cash account, the savings account, it gets a guaranteed four percent every year, mm-hmm. plus four to eight percent dividends. So I put a hundred dollars in the in an account. Mm-hmm. A portion of that hundred dollars goes into savings a account. savings account, correct? And the other portion just goes to the to premium. Pay, yep, pay the premium okay. for the life insurance. Yep. So now my money is doing two things: it's protecting my life, and then it's in an environment that's growing in uh, interest every year, okay. which turned a debt dollar into an asset dollar. Because a debt dollar is money that diminishes in value. That's why we talk about. That's why we talk about um, inflation. Mm-hmm. When inflation goes up, the value of the dollar goes down. Yeah. Well, when I put my money inside of an insurance policy, now I have cash that grows in assets or interest every year. So my money is in the savings account, making four to eight percent every year, mm-hmm. guaranteed. Right. So this money that's inside. What's that split? What's that split? Uh, if it's built right, it's it's a 40 percent goes to take care of your death benefit. 60 percent of your money is actually going inside of your insurance policy. Inside, I'm sorry, inside the savings account. The savings account. Yes, sir. And when that term is over, there's no end of the term. Mm-mm, it's permanent. I thought we it's did until the you ten die. and twenty and the. 50. That was a term. That was a term insurance. We're talking right. about a whole life, the real what you're supposed to have. Whole life. Okay. So, and I want you to stay on that point. Yes, I just want to just make sure we're clear. I put $100 in if it's built right. Yeah, because most of them are built wrong. 90% of the policies are built incorrectly. Okay. Dang, I got more questions. <laughs> I'm going to give you this question. Yes, sir. And I want you to answer it later. Yes, Don't answer it right now because okay. I still want to ask this okay. question right now. <laughs> okay. So the, the question is, how are they built wrong? Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So, okay. Okay. Clarity. Don't forget to I answer gotcha. that question. Gotcha. All right. So I put $100 in an account, in a, in a life insurance policy. $60 of that goes to a savings. $40 goes to my premium or my yes. life insurance. If I stop paying, mm-hmm. do I lose the whole both sides uh, if I stop paying? 
Or do I get to keep that savings side? You get to keep the savings side um, as long as your policy was vested. See, this is the thing. A lot of people buy life insurance for the death benefit. Mm -hmm. That's the wrong reason to buy life insurance. You buy life insurance for the cash inside, the cash value part, the savings account. Because where else can you be able to put money somewhere and it grows tax-free and you can access it Mm tax-free? Nowhere else, but they say a Roth IRA. But I'm about to kill a Roth IRA. See, the problem that we have is when we grow our money, we liquidate our money to buy stuff, correct? Mm -hmm. It's always this constant up and down thing. That's why it's hard for us to save money because you always need something. Well, in this savings account inside your insurance policy, when I want to access that money, say I have 100 bucks in there and I need to access $100 of it to go buy something. Well, when I go borrow money out of my savings account, I borrow $100, your $100 stays in your savings account Mm -hmm. and still makes interest while you have $100 in your hand. Mm -hmm. The money is still in your savings account, but you got $100 in your hand. Your $100 is still there, but the money's in your hand. How is that possible? Well, when you borrow against it, now you're using your savings account as collateral. You take the money from the insurance company which means your money is still there making interest while you got their money in your hand going to make a purchase. Mm. See, what happens is now your money never loses the momentum of interest growing, interest on top of it. Gotcha. I see. I see. I see. But I guess the $100 that you take from the insurance company, what interest rate is that? Good question. Good question. So when it comes to the interest rate, it's actually based on what they what they guarantee they give you at four percent, and then what they uh, it's called simple interest. There's a difference: compound and simple interest. They charge you five percent simple. Well, if you look at it, if you look at what a bank, uh, commercial banks, they get their money at typically anywhere from one percent as low as two a point two five percent from the Federal Reserve. When I tell people be your own bank, you want to get other people's money at the same rate that the banks get their money at Mm -hmm. without diminishing the value of your cash. So you're getting your money at 1% or less. Mm -hmm. You're getting to use their money for 1% or less. Mm. Okay. Okay. I like that. All right. What was my question? While your money is still growing in interest. Got you. And obviously you got to pay that back. And then. Well, you don't have to. I mean, oh, they'll just take it from your. They'll just take it out your death benefit when you die. They'll take it from your death benefit when you yeah. die. So, <laughs> if I have ten thousand yes, dollars in the saving side of my premium, yes, sir. I can borrow ten thousand dollars from the insurance company. Yes, sir. And I don't ever have to pay that back. No, sir. But they'll take the ten thousand plus whatever interest that is from your death the mil- the million dollars yes, or whatever, right? So 980,000, let's say interest, 980,000 dollars your family get while you can, spend the 10. Can I though the 10,000 that is being held for collateral? Yes. I can't get that while I still have the 10,000 that I, I took. Correct. But it is still grow. Okay. I like okay. That makes sense. That <laughs> makes sense. I got it. I you got said it. how are they built wrong? Yes. How are they built wrong? See, you're a smart brother. You, see, I was off track. Yes. Yeah. So uh, 95% of the industry of finances, period, financial industry, 95% of them aren't, are not practitioners. They're just in it to make money. I'm sorry, real quick. Is this part of the course? Yeah. This is what y'all teach in the course? Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, 95% of them are not practitioners. They're just in it to make money. 
Uh, they want to make extra money on the side or they just want to put people in policy. They don't really know what they're doing, regurgitating information. Well, only 5% of the industry are actually vetted. Have you been using Mint to manage your finances? Well, if so, I have some bad news. Mint's going away. It's shutting down. But here's some good news. There's an even better alternative. It's called Monarch Money. Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and are absolutely loving it. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, which is the top-rated personal finance app, it also has a built-in collaboration feature so that you can invite your partner at no extra cost. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and much more. You can create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com forward slash social. And get this, Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint so you can keep all your tags and categories. And unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up and to customize and to use it all together, okay? Monarch is absolutely obsessed with constantly improving a product. So they actually release updates every two weeks and allow customers to submit suggestions so you can actually vote on requested features and you'll be able to see the product roadmap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash social. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash social for your extended 30-day free trial. Look, black representation in media means the world to me. I remember watching Arsenio Hall and Montel Williams and Oprah Winfrey. I remember seeing these black voices and I thought, you know what? I want to control a room like that. The next generation, however, of influential black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama, the reparations, there's no limit to the range of black stories, black truths. Listen, black representation is important. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices uh, as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR wherever you get podcasts. Question for you Why do you want to learn a new language? Like, where would you use it and how would it come in handy? Think about this. Right? Listen, you always wanted to learn a new language. Well, let me introduce you to Rosetta Stone. It is the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. 
and it truly immerses you in the language that you really, really want to learn. Listen, I am looking to really dive deep into Rosetta Stone this year. I tried it. It's really, really fun because I always wanted to be able to reach a broader audience with my business. So we about to learn this Spanish. Espanol, baby. Listen, Rosetta Stone has been the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 different languages offered. So if you want to learn Spanish or French, Italian, German, Korean, Japanese, Dutch, Polish, 25 different languages offered. Also, um, it's fast language acquisition. So Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. For one, there's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. It's a very intuitive process, meaning you pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences, and it's designed for long-term retention. Also, speech recognition. The built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. It's also convenient. Like I said, you can use it on desktop or app um, with audio companion and ability to download lessons offline. And it's an amazing value. You will get a lifetime membership for all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in your life. Lifetime access, all 25 languages for 50% off. Rosetta Stone is offering you a steal of a deal. Listen up, y'all. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Social Proof Podcast listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com forward slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com forward slash today. Do it today. People who know what they're doing and have written either uh, research on it, books on it, documentation on it, not sales books, like real like research, like books. And the reason why 95% of policies are, are written wrong is because a lot of the policies are written for the benefit of the agent. Mm-hmm. So the agent, cause the agent needs the money. So they write the policies that best benefit them and the ways that they can get paid the most. Mm-hmm. Well, in our case, we actually write the policies that best benefits the client because the whole purpose of us opening up policies is to teach people how to build their own bank. And you can't build a bank if most of your money is going to the death benefit and not inside of your savings account. And so, yeah. Mm. Yes, sir. Wow. Okay. So you got this company where you've been teaching this for a while. Yes, sir. Right. And then you, and and I think he said, he was, how much was spending on mail-in flyers or something like uh, that? F- uh, thirty to 50000 a month. On like the, the mail Direct flyer. Mail. Yes, sir. That you probably throw away when you're going through your mailbox. Yes, sir. But you're still getting a bag from that. Yes, sir. So Brother Ben X has such an infectious brand, right? I mean- it's it's hard to not watch Ben. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I understand how you built such a cult following because like even your style of delivery, man, is just it's so cool. And I think you could tell me that I'm ugly, I'll never be successful. You could tell me all kind of stuff, and I'd be like, dang, Ben loves me. You know, <laughs> like the way the way you talk, right? But the fact of the matter is it's you know, uplifting messages and you don't make people feel bad about being in the situation that they're in. You uplift. It's like, I just kind of feel you rubbing my back while you're talking. It's crazy. <laughs> That's the only way I can explain it. Am I, is that kind of like accurate when you hear Ben? It's like real. 
You feel like you're being like coddled by your mother a little bit, <laughs> but knowing you did something wrong, it's the craziest thing. But so you have, you built this brand digitally, right? And how did y'all start to talk about business in the collaboration? Uh, well, first it was an affiliate. I was just- uh, I'm sorry, all over the place. When you was fixing your tie, what was what was going on? Why you keep it? Oh well, I honestly don't know. I don't remember that part. <laughs> I do remember getting up and going to the thing because I kept do you going over there. Getting up and sitting down and getting up. And I don't remember. Up. I don't remember that. I do remember going up and I was eating some fruit over there. And I do vividly remember him saying, "We don't bite." And I said, "Good to know." <laughs> I do vividly See, remember he was that. In that environment of cappers, bro. It runs <laughs> off on you. Yeah, you know I, I do remember that. But I don't know if it was intentional or not. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was. I don't know. But I do remember saying. Uh, Good to know. Okay, all right, cool, cool. So how did y'all collaborate? Um, we got together, like you said, and and we was and he was teaching me about it. And um, I was always into using my influence to bring something to the community. Of course, we set up like a little affiliate link, um, and then I just start to blast it. Um, and 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 I was the type of person who I so would yeah, make. Hold on, hold on. So y'all set up an affiliate link. Yeah. Where? Huh? So you were. You were referring people to his insurance company because mm-hmm. I guess you got enlightened on mm-hmm. insurance. You're like, oh, this is this is important for the community. Yeah. And then there was an affiliate link. Mm-hmm. How well did you do with the affiliate link? Uh, I did black tasty with the affiliate link. <laughs> <laughs> so I started to promote it, and um, I would I would do videos. I would share videos. I would go find you know do my creative thing, go find resources, and put it out there. And I would even start arguments. You know, like, uh, you, a lot of fights. you know, hey, man, uh, why do y'all borrow from the bank? And somebody would respond, and I at Jake with the, with the eyes. Right. Jake, what you going to say about that? <laughs> and he had to respond, and he was, you know, the he was eating them up guard. and things of that nature. Uh, yeah, I was definitely setting them up. And so I would start, I would say little things, ask certain questions on my Instagram, and then everybody had their thoughts, and I tagged Jake. Jake, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> and then he'll be going. But it got to a point to where it was, it was, it was going very well, but I began to have so many people come in to where they didn't know if it was from me or not, because I would have people that was promoting it. They wouldn't say that it was coming from me, so it was such a, a overload the people coming from the influence that he was like, man, you just gonna get this certain percentage of it, and because hell, I can't tell if it's from you or not, so yeah. we just gonna do this, and that's how I started. Wow, that's awesome. Over delivered, awesome. mm. for sure. Over delivered. So did y'all create a separate entity together? No, or? I, I, put, I put them on them paperwork's on the full all the company. Yeah, Ex- we, yeah we, the whole company. Oh, equity of the whole company, the whole thing, whole guap guap. Oh wow, <laughs> yeah. How long was this this relationship? Together before y'all did that. That was literally like six months. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. You built a successful company yeah. six months. You meet Brother Ben. Yeah. See, that's like rubbing your back while he, you know what I'm <laughs> he don't you don't feel like you don't feel like Ben is like taking advantage at all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause no, that, I, that's that's a big thing. You got a company, you just bring somebody in well, and give he, back he with He quickly became like a like a little brother to me because mm-hmm. BX was being taken advantage of. Like when mm. I met him, How he so? was being taken He was in a little situation. I'll let him explain. Yeah, I was in a situation to where uh, it's funny that we talk about this because uh, the money was coming in <laughs> and I was like, so I had this sheet, right? 
and I had and I was a person who wanted to get a whole bunch of streams of income. Now I was teaching on not have multiple jobs, have multiple streams at the right. time. So I was all it was all video based, and I was going to have stream for these videos. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna get Jake. I'm gonna make about five hundred with brother Jake. I'm gonna do. I was doing ten dollar Tuesdays. Literally, the game that I'm giving in digital real estate that people are paying two thousand dollars for, I was giving away every week for ten dollars. Mm. through email and everybody had to pay me through cash app and they had to put their email in cash app and I would just email them over delivering right and then I had another thing okay I'm gonna make my money from YouTube <laughs> YouTube ridiculous. it sucks because I was like building get back up so I was only making like 200 to 400 so I'm like on a good day we're gonna do 400 with YouTube then I got monetized with 400 face- a day no uh, a month with YouTube month. Uh. so with my Facebook luckily when my YouTube went down my monetization for Facebook opened up just I mean, it was just crazy because I couldn't monetize because I kept getting blocked. But as soon as my YouTube went down, I found like a green button says you can monetize. So I got monetized with Facebook. And, you know, Facebook algorithm used to be stupid. And everything that I did on on Facebook used to go viral. So I started making good money. But then I started going to jail every 30 days. So that money was up and down. Why was they keep sending you to jail, man? Man, do you know I went to jail one time because I shared something from, from Donald Trump? Like, okay. it was a post about Donald Trump. I shared it. I didn't even post it. I got blocked. And by 2015, coming into the nation, I'm talking about black stuff. I'm yeah. talking about slavery. I'm posting, like, pictures, like, look at what they did to us. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's crazy because once I start making money, they going back. I said they have to have somebody at Facebook that was doing it manually because every time I would make, like, getting up to, like, $4,000, the following month, they'll go pull something from 2015 and say, this goes against our policy. You've been wow. banned for 30 days. I'm like, what? This from 2015. Boom, come up again. I get up to about 3000 I'm getting up there. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good check. Then they go find something from 2017. I'm talking about slavery again. Yeah. So I can't go back that far. I don't know what I was talking about back then, everything <laughs> I'm posting. So they literally probably got it planned. Okay, I'm going to hit them with this. Then I'm going to hit them with that. <laughs> and so it just kept going down. Then I had... um. What else? What I was doing? Forex. I tried to get into Forex a little bit. Oh, man. Forex is... Oh, man. I'm not saying Forex don't work, but let me tell you that story real quick. I'm meeting these people that I don't know. I'm meeting them through Was it learning people. Forex or was it like an MLM model? Well, it was Forex, but they was doing a Forex, but I'm not... I've seen all them lines. I said, I'm not... I'm just... Can I give you some money? You run my mm-hmm. bag up, right? And so they're like, yeah, you're going to make 10% on your money every week and all this right here. And I gave my money. And after a while... And... You, I'm looking at it and I don't know what I'm looking at, but I know the money's supposed to increase. Right. So I'm looking, I'm like, uh, how come the money, you know, what's going on? Oh, you got to be patient. You know, do you know, gold going up and you got to be patient. It's going to happen. Okay. Ask again, what's going on? Oh, they working it out. It, it takes time. So I said, all right, I'm going to go two weeks without asking y'all nothing. I go, bro. How much did you give them? 500. 500. Uh, yeah, 500. One, no, sorry. One, I gave 500. They lost because Donald Trump said something about gold, so I lost 200. Mm. So I said, let me just get to 300. I don't want to do this. She stopped texting back. <laughs> the dude, I gave him $950. I was supposed to give 1000 but I didn't have 1000 at that time. So that tells you this is my last. Right. <laughs> I can't just do 900 some dollars. Um, and so I'm hitting him, and I said, um, the account is gone. Like, I know I don't know this. It's, it's called like an MP4, M4 track or something. Mm-hmm. This is how you check how much money in your Forex account. So we're looking. I said, um, the account completely gone. I know. I mean, I know I don't know what I'm doing, but the account gone. <laughs> I'm hitting them on the, uh, so they doing everything through, uh, what's that group chat? Um, group me? Group, not group me, but uh, 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 Telegram. Telegram. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, on Telegram, you can see if somebody is seeing it. Like, you give you two checks. So, and you can see the last time they was active. Right. And they all in the group, you know, on the Forex, you know, they let you know what trades you, hey, I'm doing this trade, follow me. It's one of them yeah. things. You do this trade, you follow me. And uh, I'm seeing them still talking. And I'm hitting them, say, bro, the account gone. What's going on? No response. Mm. Say, man, what's going on? The account gone. No response. Then the person who puts me on, I like, they don't know what's going on either. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ain't this some stuff? That ain't the worst situation. The worst situation is this. I'm Brother Ben X. I got the influence. That's actually how this partnership all kind of came together. I got the influence. So a dude from Philly comes up with an idea about buying some trucks. Mm-hmm. You know me like, that sounds that sound good for the community. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know I post, hey man, how many I want to put up 2,000, man, we can get this truck and make this happen. I don't know all the, the, I just know, man, we can come together and do something. So the people that I was doing business with at the time, like, you need to have an LLC. I'm like, okay, that sound good. Y'all need to have an a LLC. Corporation. Yeah, a corporation. Yeah, you need to be CEO of your, yeah, your yeah. own stuff. S-Corp. You know, yeah, everything yeah. need to be together. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you go ahead and get my structure together. So we structuring it together. And, um, oh, well, I know this person who's a millionaire. You know, I don't know no millionaires, man. I'm they take me to the golf course and they showing me this big old stuff. We eating fruit and all that. I say, oh man, I like this. <laughs> he take me to his office. He say, Ben, I'ma give you the keys. I get the keys. <clears throat> Didn't realize once I got the keys, I never had uh uh we never could actually get into the office. So it was I was it was it was made as if he gave me the office. But I never had access to the office, so I haven't had the office. It, it's weird, man. A lot of stuff happened, man. And so he's he's painting this picture. Oh, you see the youngest, you're going to be the youngest black man to go public. See, when you go public, you're going to have beer to give our shares. I'm like, Of man. a trucking company? No, at this time, this is just about me being able to pour all the income because I had a lot of people wanting to give money, which which oh, I didn't. Oh, so it wasn't. So you, I ain't, we ain't even made no money yet. Right. The fact the fact that I can bring in as much money, they like you need to form an LLC. Oh, so, so, so you, so you, you just put it out. You just put it out there yeah. that yo, let's put some money together, yeah. get a truck. Yeah, yeah. And they like yo, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. And so they was like, okay, let's organize this. We right. need to organize it. So I'm like, all right, I'm following y'all lead basically. I just got, I, I just know I can tell y'all a message, and this is what we need to do unite. Yeah. But I don't know all the back end, right? And so they introduced me to these people, and uh, they like, yeah, in order to go public, you gotta have. Do you remember what the paperwork was called? I keep saying uh, Miranda, but that's like the memorandum police. of understanding. It's it's no, it's, 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 uh, it's to go public. It's something it's to, that you it's need. Paperwork to go public. You oh, know oh I wouldn't. Know. Um, man, yeah. I can't think about what it is. Uh, maybe you can find it, it and put it on the screen. Dollars. But that's it was eighteen thousand dollars for this paperwork. I ain't got eighteen thousand dollars. So you know me, hey man, this what it is. This what we need. This the last thing we need to make this thing happen. Mind you, we ain't made no sale yet. Mm-hmm. This is just based off of what people are saying they're going to do. Pay 18000 I didn't pay it. I found a brother who believed in me enough, and he puts up to 18000 Oh, brother, being this for your company, you the CEO of the company, I'm going to put up 18000 for the company. Um, Let me ask you, when you put up the 18000 did y'all talk about like ownership, or it was just, just kind of like a love offering? Well, it was uh, he was going to be on the board and he was going to get a certain percentage back and things gotcha. of nature. Okay. But he wasn't worried about like getting it immediately. He like, I'm in for the long haul. Right. Um, so then we start to structure the, the thing. And then. Um, <clears throat> when I when I told when I showed him my leisure, how much money I want to make, he said, bro, do you know we already paid you like three thousand plus dollars? I said. I didn't realize that. 
So I'm <laughs> <laughs> because I'm getting like 15% of all revenue coming in. I'm bringing in all the influence. Doing all the work. Doing, I'm talking about, I'm promoting, hog, I'm bro. editing videos, I'm putting this out, and I'm getting 15%. And it's because I wasn't doing all the emails and everything else, but everything else wasn't making no damn money. I'm the one who bringing in the money. Mm. Um, and so I get the 15, and so I'm like confused. I'm like, how much is a CEO supposed to get? I don't know what, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to get, man. Shoot. And so uh, they, the, the, the person who introduced me to uh, 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 the person that we paid the 18000 they kind of got into it. I realized they didn't really know them for a long time. So I'm like, hold on, what is going on here? Mm. And so um, recently, I had to pay him back 9000 I'm not doing business. I'm not the CEO of that company. I was kind of put down. I was like, you know, uh, uh, demoted uh, because I wasn't, From you know, CEO active in all of the thing. I was going to be CMO because I do the marketing and so, all this. So you were bringing in money to do what? I mean, what was the product <laughs> y'all was selling after y'all got this $18,000 to you put it don't up? Know. To be honest, I was, it was almost like an official affiliate. <laughs> because <laughs> of, of what though you were getting 50% because, because, hey, look, we, we, we found somebody who do credit we're going to get this percentage off your credit boom we found Jake who did insurance well we're going to get an affiliate link off your insurance we found somebody else who did I forex so when they come in and put their money in forex it's an official paperwork <laughs> to do the forex so we basically we basically we basically an official Dave. affiliate company no <laughs> And they were trying to, this person that they was in partnership with was trying to get him to raise money to get people to invest into this public company for products and services that they didn't know. Yeah, like, we didn't, like, we never had to do the product. It was always partnerships. He was truly clueless. He was really out here, like... You know, I get, and I get the concept. I I get the concept, right? So, for instance, I have... um, I have like my podcast where I will definitely be getting an affiliate link. Gentlemen, just, just <laughs> let, let you know. know. Just let you know. Okay. Um, so, so like this would be the company and we just have affiliate links, yeah. right? So when people watch the video, they like it, they subscribe and they buy. I get a percentage. I get, I get the concept, yeah. but I guess you weren't as involved in the business part of it, Right. Yeah, like I, I like to me, I didn't know why we was talking to them. Like it, there, there was no money being made, so it was like emails and it was like with meeting about meetings and yeah, it was, you know, it was I mean, a lot it, of it, it was no money, and so the, the, <laughs> and so y'all like, company found Jake to be a part of this. No, we, yeah, found, we, each we found each other. We found each other. But it was almost made as if a corporation. The, the corporation introduced us or was going to have a meeting with us. But no, we had already talked like yeah. that night. Hey, we're going to get together. We're going to do business together. We already established it. And yeah. then a CEO of that corporation tried to act like that they set up, set this up, mm. which is why the corporation needs to get paid. And so, and so for me at this time, I'm staying with my in-laws at the time because my YouTube channel got, uh, right. got, got, broken uh got messed up i was gonna move out of an apartment into a home i was going mortgage luckily around that time i met jake so i was like well we're not gonna mortgage so we, we had moved we don't so, do mortgages no, no. We, don't, we don't borrow from the bank we don't borrow from the bank uh-uh <laughs> so he'll oh, get into that <laughs> i can't wait this <laughs> story and so i'm moving and so since we had <laughs> since we had stopped we stopped the, we stopped the rent on our uh, apartment so we went and stayed for our in-law we was only going to stay there for like three three months because I'm thinking the corporation we finna start making all this money and things of this nature and so when we got with brother Jake it's like I'm doing all this work but 
I'm only I'm not getting paid though. I'm getting paid like like all this money's coming in to them. <laughs> But I'm getting my little fifteen percent, and then I start doing calculations. Like I ain't got. I kid you not. It's three people. It's three of us, right? I did fifteen percent plus fifteen percent plus seventeen percent, and Where then and then the company was supposed to get twenty five percent. And I broke it down to Jake one day. I feel so dumb when I broke it down to him. He said, "Okay, twenty five plus seventeen plus fifteen plus 15 where the other money going? Mm. I said, damn, that's not 100%. I don't know where it's going. <laughs> I swear, I said, bro, I don't know. And so, and so, yeah, man, so stuff happened. Man, I, I love your transparency, brother. I started, I started get, I, I got out of it and then, um, we, 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 we found a partnership because he realized, bro, you're not getting the proper percentage. You're not being treated right. And around that time, I had started to promote him on my platform. And some people was like, don't promote him. You know, don't let him use you, ironically. And don't, you know, don't don't let him use you and all that. Don't post that. I'm I'm posting it because I see he's teaching me. They're not there when he's bringing me to the office and literally breaking stuff down right. to me, showing me how stuff works. And he's telling me, bro, you ain't got to post nothing. You ain't got to post. I don't want to get posted. Yeah, I'm yeah. promoting it because I'm like, bro, but this is some good stuff. Yeah. And so we end up creating that partnership, man, and it and it and it and it blew up there from there. But anyways, long story short, I had to pay back to eighteen thousand uh, myself, so I paid back the nine already. To your, to your to, guy to put yeah, in that I paid off the nine myself. Very and honorable. then that's very honorable too, because But no, what? before you go there, stay on that. <laughs> because <laughs> because in my mind, okay, I didn't know this person. I didn't really know business. I'm kind of following your lead. Can you do the other nine? You know what I mean? Can you yeah. do the other nine? I mean, and then cause the company, uh the, the relationships that the money was coming in due to COVID 19, the money's not coming in like that. So I'm like, he did pay eighteen thousand, especially to do this. Yeah. I do nine. Y'all, you do another half. The response was the company's gonna pay it back. When I thought about it, if I'm the one who had the influence, who brought in all these people, I'm still the one who paying it. I'm do, sure. I put in the work right. that's generating the money to pay it back. So I'm still paying it back, and he don't want to wait years to get some little two hundred dollars or little fifty four dollars a month. So I'm, I'm gonna pay back the other nine. That, well, I already no, pay. I, only, I owe him five now. You got to pay that off. No, I, I was saying that's real honorable because when you go into a business, if the business doesn't make money, it, like we all we all put in like sweat equity. Like if we all came together and like we was like, yo, we all about to put in $5,000, right? It's one, two, three, it's six of us. We got 30000 If the business goes belly up, just because it was my idea, would you expect to get your 5000 back or- um, real question: Would you expect, yo, Dave, you owe me five thousand? I wouldn't. Well, it never got off the. It, it like nothing ever. It, it didn't get off the ground like at all. No, that's that's what I'm saying though. But if we're if we're going into a business together, mm-hmm. you don't get your time back for promoting. That's true. So somebody come and put eighteen thousand dollars in an idea, and it. Doesn't well, the reason work. I want to pay the eighteen thousand back is because the paperwork was no use. The eighteen thousand was for the paperwork alone. Mm-hmm. To me, if I put in eighteen thousand for some paperwork that was never used at all, and it really probably shouldn't have even wanted to go get the paperwork at that time because we didn't even generate any money, then I—I I mean, I—I I, I don't mind paying that back. No, that's what I'm saying. It's super, super honorable. Yeah, you know I mean that you pay that that back. I mean, and it wasn't I used guess, at all. If, if it was a maybe a personal relationship, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. but so that's why I I made him a partner of the company because. Right. Um, I saw, and I, I used to tell him, I said, bro, I said, I can only imagine how many people try to use you yeah. for your influence. Right. And I said, 
good thing is I don't need your influence. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And so I really just became like the big bro. Like, and I helped walk him through situations. I never exposed or told, like, whatever. So in his moments of vulnerability, I appreciated that he allowed for me to see all of this stuff that he was dealing with. Gotcha. And he became like a brother. And then when you find somebody that provides that much immense value to your company and completely changes the fabric of your company, he did. BX, when, what he... He did, okay, yeah. and because he did that, and I saw the I saw the honesty in his heart and his in his transparency, and both he and I both are, are firm believers of impact first, money second, yeah. and because we believe in in doing God's work, the kingdom work, it was a no brainer for me. And sometimes yeah. you just got to go with the spirit, and sometimes the spirit do you right. And so that's how that's how the partnership happened, and that's kind of where we went from there. And since then, we've been able to do that, and he helped me blow up my Instagram, my social media. And I, I'd like to t- I like to thank him because if it wasn't for him coming into the company and coming to our life, I never would be on Forbes Business Council. I never would have been in Yahoo Fine. Like I wouldn't have been in that type of stuff yeah. if I never got you know been able to do that for him. And so he was vulnerable with me, and he uh, brought me into his world with his community that he worked so hard for. Yeah. So why can't I bring him into my world for something I worked so hard for, and we may be able to make it work? That's pretty cool. So I didn't really, and this is this is a really cool story, especially how we just got here, um, because I didn't know you until like I, I guess like from the Nova, but I didn't know, yeah. right? And so we played basketball the other day, and I'm talking to Ben, and I'm like, "Yo, Ben, how long are you here?" He said, "Yo, I'm leaving tomorrow." I'm like, "Yo, I'm like, I let you get you on the podcast." So he says, "All right, let's do it," and then he turns to you and says, "Yo, Jake, he wants us on the podcast." Yeah. I was like, I don't really, I don't really know Jake. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. But I just, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And in that moment, just stuck in my mind for the last two days. Like he turns and says, "Yo, he wants us on a podcast." I didn't ask for us. Yeah. I know Ben. Yeah. Right. And it's crazy. I, I've been in his DM. Like I was like, "Hey, I don't yo, think Shane, so. bro, look at right now. Go to your DM, nah, fam. <laughs> bro. What's crazy? No, bro. I, to I tried to get you inside of our community. You're like, "Yo, when?" And I was like, yeah, that's what made me hit you up because he was like, he oh, responded oh, to me. So go, you to, like, go to your DM on Instagram. I just followed you today. I know. So go to your Instagram. <laughs> go to your DM. Look at Jake Taylor Jacobs. I'm probably Taylor not. Jacob. In, I'm probably in general. Nope, I'm probably yeah. in general. You know what's crazy? We text a bunch of times. It's a bunch of joints. With- <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. From July of 2019. <laughs> Yo, it's mad. You see this? <laughs> Dang, that's great. Okay, he said, okay, let's. I want to get you on my show on Facebook. And I was telling you that. Uh, yep. you. And you're like, cool. To and my then, community. I get anywhere from 4,000 people on my live stream. I said, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, I didn't. <laughs> I can't tell this is you from that. <laughs> uh, okay, I want you to bring community teach lesson on. Okay, and I said, when? And then you said Thursday, and then I didn't reply because it's not. My, it is my fault, but it's cool, bro. It's no that's crazy. It's, I'm Love just you showing though, you man. small world. That's, that's all. It's that's small all. world. That's small all. world. Okay. All right. Cool. That that makes sense. It's mad embarrassing. You I can't believe you do this on the podcast. Like, that's but, that's, but, people, but, that's, but that's how we roll. Like it's yeah. a, um wherever I am, he is. Yeah, I love it. Wherever he is, I am, and that's just. That's what we decided to do. We do. We decided to do business life together, like mm-hmm. life period. So we intertwined our family lives or all those lives.
because it's a bigger mission that we got. You know what's funny? You said you've been saying that for two days. I actually thought about that. I said, I know he asked me. And then you, I literally in front of you said, hey, he want us on the phone. I wonder if he said, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said in my head. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I mean, look like a cool hooper. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. But um, no, I, I, I thought that's, like, that's how it should be. You know what I mean? That's how it's supposed to be in terms of, like, partnerships. You know what I mean? I thought that was awesome. So for the, the community, we're doing digital real estate, mm-hmm. mental real estate. Digital real estate. Digital real estate. So what is digital real estate? So digital real estate is showing people how to build digital assets online through your own profile, uh, your own actual platform or um, intellectual property. Mm-hmm. And how I break it down is a valuable home. Um, you can bring in more revenue when the home is bigger and if the home has more value. And so what I teach is focus on passive impact, not passive income, because the more people you impact, the more income will come. So if you look at Facebook, what Brother Jake was showing is, hey, well, when you got land, you still got to pay land taxes. I don't know how it is in Atlanta, but that's how it is out there. When you have a property and you buy a property, you still got to pay property taxes. Well, when I build up my property on Facebook and I'm getting paid from it residually, like a monthly uh, income that's coming in, I still got to pay taxes to Facebook. They still going to get their fee. Mm-hmm. Same thing with YouTube, same thing with Instagram. Like they just opened up um, Instagram where you can get paid through badges. Right now it's free. It's kind of like cash up everything, no hidden, right. uh, no fees. But eventually they said they are going to take their fee. That's their taxes. So what I show people is this. Why are you asking people? Well, I'll start with this. Have you ever had a home warmer? They say yes. I said, would you ever invite somebody to a home warmer, but you have nothing to sit on? You have nothing for them to eat? You have nothing for them to watch? Well, if that's the case, why are you asking for them to follow you, but you have nothing for them to watch. Mm. You have nothing for them to actually binge. You have nothing for them to actually be there for. And so that's what I teach y'all. So I show them how to uh, build your Instagram up, build your Facebook up, build your YouTube up. And I show them literally a replica of my mind on how I did it. So it's not all about income. It's not all about following. It's about mindset. So a lot of people who come into the digital real estate, they come looking to make money, but their whole life is transformed because it's more than just money. It's about mindset. So I tell people up front, if you're not coming to serve the community, give them value, don't join my class. Mm-hmm. Don't join digital real estate. I don't know how to help you make money gotcha. because mine is about developing a product, developing services, build your own platform, build your own program so that you can service people on a monthly basis. For example, um, with your real estate, uh, the average person is making between 250 to $500 per door. He talks about it, but I actually Googled it from people who actually have homes. They say they're doing about 200 to 500 per, uh, per door, which is why they say get you a fourplex. Let these three homes pay for this one home, but you got to borrow from the uh, borrow money uh, from the bank to get this home. Let that fourplex, let those three people rent those out so you can pay this. And well, what I said was I can do that digitally. I can have a platform here, have several products, and these different products are my home. And I can allow this digital money to pay my physical rent mm-hmm. or my physical whatever it is uh, uh, mm-hmm. that it is. So when you look at your insurance bill, when you look at your light bill, when you look at your Wi-Fi bill, when you look at your rent and your mortgage, what um, similarity do these things have? Um, they keep you in, it's sheltered. I mean, Keep you, you sheltered. Well, you got to pay them every month. You got to pay them every month. Yeah. 
And to that person, it's a necessity because if it wasn't a necessity, they wouldn't be paying for it. Yeah. So Wi-Fi, of course, everybody doesn't value Wi-Fi, but those who do value Wi-Fi, they paying for it every month. What does it have to do with digital real estate? Well, when you have a product and you have a service, everybody doesn't value it. So everybody not going to pay it every month. But you got to find your niche audience that is finding that as something valuable. They'll pay for it every month like your phone bill. Yeah, yeah your phone bill only maybe $69, but do 69 times 10,000. Yeah. yeah, your phone bill may be on only $99 on your family plan, but do 99 times 100,000 people. Now you have changed your life by changing other people's life by giving them an asset and a necessity that they need. So I tell people, hey man, what if you had a product? What if you had a service and you charge $50 a month? Well, if you charge $50 a month, shoot, a lot of people are paying for McDonald's more than $50 a month. More people are going out to eat food that they know is harmful to them, know that it's food that's going to make their health bad, 10 times bad, and they're willing to pay for it. Are you meaning to tell me that a Big Mac from McDonald's is more valuable than you? Mm. So if you pull out of yourself and stop chasing money and chase the guy within, the skills within, and the talent within, and create a product and become so valuable that people are willing to pay you every month, if I do 50 times a thousand, that's $50,000. Mm. If I do 50, if I do a thousand times eight, that's $8,000. If I do a thousand times five, that's $5,000. And a lot of people right now, especially during quarantine, are not even making $5,000 a month. And so what I tell people, I know you want to get 100,000 followers. I know you want to get 100,000 views and a million views, and you can make money that way. But I've done it. And you're only going to get about two to $3,000. I mean, but what's the chances of you doing a million every freaking month? But what I'm saying is, what if you got a thousand people that you are uh, servicing every month? What if you got 500 people that you're servicing every month, either through an ebook, either through a masterclass or a course or consultations? If you can do this every month and charge $47, $97, $400, $999, it can completely change your life. And that's really the, the meat of digital real estate. So you, t- you teach them how to create their own product. Yep. How to create your own product, how to design it, how to do a podcast, how to write an ebook, how to design an ebook. The whole nine, how to grow the, uh, how to grow your course content through content marketing. And honestly, he was, he's became one of the biggest students showing him how to take what he was doing offline, online, package it up. Now, instead of you, um, just getting paid off of the policies, now we get paid out the actual courses that teaches you how to do that. Now you got a whole nother stream of income. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. 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 That's dope. So how do, how do people enroll in it? Uh, well, I right mean, now, other than clicking the affiliate link well, right in his now bio. It's, <laughs> right now it's actually closed. <laughs> um, so when you click the link in his bio, it's going to take you to a page that said it is closed down. But now the reason we closed, let me go there. We found that a lot of people can make money. We've had people that made nine thousand in four weeks. We have people that made more than eleven thousand in four weeks. Uh, twenty thousand in a month. Um, and they can do this without a product. So we show them how to do that. But the people who are most successful come in with the business already, a product already, or services already, and we help them scale because a lot of them don't know how to utilize the online platform. So mm. even if you know how to use Instagram and Facebook, you don't know how to properly market. You gotcha. don't know what to actually say. You don't know how to do influencer marketing. You don't know the details on what's going to actually make this thing go. And so what we found is we should probably close this down, take them through a basic course, which is purpose to profit. You need to find your purpose first. You need to have a basics of social media first. Like when I'm talking in digital real estate, you don't even know what a DM is. You don't even know what a hashtag is mm. because I got an older audience as well that's just trying to get into something new because because of COVID-19. So we said, let's 
take you guys here, start off with the basics. When you apply, when you finish this, now you're qualified to come into the digital real estate. So right now you'll see on the website, it's closed. We got tons of testimonials, but we are going to open it up for Black Friday. Gotcha. Okay. So I don't, I, dang. But, so by the time they watch this, it, it, it'll be open. Mm-hmm. So And they'll be on a waiting list. So by the time uh-huh. they're on a waiting list, they'll still, you know, have your affiliate link. Okay, cool, cool. And, and it might be open right now, but by, by the time you're watching <laughs> this, who knows? Like, um, so... He gonna, he gonna time it. All right, <laughs> oh, for sure. I need... And it goes... Yeah. And what's crazy is it, it goes crazy. Whenever there's a deadline... Mm-hmm. Man, that thing go crazy. Hundred thousand dollars. So is, oh, man. is the is the is the life insurance kind of wrapped into that? Yeah. Well, the, what what happened was with him, he's like, I'm showing people how to protect their legacy, how to build their wealth. But God, in my I'm mind, sure. but what if they ain't got no hundred thousand dollars to put into this bank? What they gonna do? So or I'm like, okay, 5, let me yeah. yeah, let me show them how to make the money after they make the money, and let me show them how to protect the money gotcha. because a lot of people don't know what to do once they get the money. You got $9,000. The Bible talks about a fool and his money will soon part. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you got the money. So now let me educate you on what to do with your money so that you can ensure that your family is going to be set. So we take them from digital real oh. estate. Then we move them here to protect it. Now they all the way straight. I, I, major question, because I, I don't want to keep y'all long because I know y'all hungry. But we're not using banks. Because no. I remember you said you were about to buy a house. Yep. But this brother right here said... Save me from he that. saved you from, from that financial Using slavery. the bank to buy a house. Walk me through that because that's not a popular perspective. Yeah. So talk to me. Um, the Bible says that um, the borrower is always a slave to the lender. Mm-hmm. The Bible also talks about how we're supposed to lend to many nations and borrow from none. If I'm a believer of the word of God, I have to believe that has to be true. So my question is, how come we have never been taught how to be the bank? There are only three teams in this world, the consumer, the producer, and the banker. There's only one team that wins on both sides. It's the banker. So Mm -hmm. as the producer, yeah, I'm producing, but I am taught and even financial advisors teach us how to be dependent on daddy. Who's daddy? Bank of America, Wells Fargo, uh, Chase Bank. I need their money in order to survive. But Brother Shans, let me ask you a question. Where do the banks get their money? From us. Mm, from the consumer, right? Mm-hmm. So why would I get secondary money when I can go directly to the consumer without, the, without the, the fee of an interest? So when we look at it, you say, dang, the banks literally made a fortune by going to the same consumer I can go to. Well, the problem mm-hmm. that we have, Brother Shans, is that a lot of us, we like to live a life that we cannot afford. So we would rather borrow from our future to have our future today. So for me, before I got the Benz, before I got the Rolexes, before I got that stuff, I live beyond lower than my, uh, than my means so that I can have the uh, cash flow that's required that can allow for me to go get the stuff that, 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 that we want to be able to have. So people say, Jake, what about a mortgage? I want to have a house. A lot of people say, well, if you get a mortgage, well, if you got the deed, you're really just paying the mortgage back to the bank, but you really own the deed because you got equity and assets in your house that's growing and all that other stuff. And it sounds really cool, but at the end of the day, uh, a slave is still a slave. Whether you, however you want to spend it, however you want to flip it, however you want to do it, you are still enslaved. Whether you're in the house or picking cotton outside, you are still a slave, my guy. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at it, I looked at it, I believe what the guy said it was true, that the borrower will always be a slave to the lender. So they say, Jake, well, if you're renting, <laughs> you got this company, right? You're renting and you should be mortgaging and buying. A lot of us are not even living in the house of our dreams. We settle. 
You got this cul-de-sac of land. House, you got that much land. Talking about I'm leaving it for my kids. You got three kids with a three-bedroom house on this small cul-de-sac of land. You are not leaving that to your kids. That's your, crazy because I got a house on a cul-de-sac <laughs> too. Right? You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm bad now. And, and, so, and so my philosophy is we've been taught wrong. The first thing that we should be able to go look for and look for first is the land. Because when I find the land, then I can build my house and I'm supposed to buy land that my children could be able to live on. What changed my life, Brother Shans, is when I went to Indonesia. When I went to Indonesia, me and my wife went um, to Bali. We were traveling. We stayed um, with the community. And I asked, uh, I always mess up his name, Young. Uh, that ain't his name. We're going to call him Young. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I asked him, I said, man, how much is y'all's family land worth? He said, man, we've had our family land in Everybody had like acres. Like mm. everybody had acres. And I was like, yo, how much is your family land? He was like, I don't know. I said, well, what if, you know, your family want to buy it? You know, what if da da da? He said, it will be considered treason mm. for any of us to sell family land. Mm. But in America, for the highest bidder, you will sell what you were supposed to give to your kids because the equity went up, your assets went up. It, he, I said, so wait a minute. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. So where are your kids and your family supposed to stay? That's why we have all these acres. We stay on the family land. This is the family compound. We don't we don't pay for rent, mortgage, whatever. Well, the buck got to stop somewhere. Mm-hmm. Somebody got to stop this. In, bro, <laughs> what's the number one cause of death in, death in black America? Um, health reasons, I, I suppose. Okay. What health reason do you think? Cancer? Uh-uh. Heart disease. Heart disease. You know the number one cause of heart disease? What's that? Acute and chronic stress. Mm. The number one cause of acute and chronic stress is financial stress. Mm. Number one cause of divorce in America. Finances. Number one cause of arguments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And so you talk about that acute and chronic stress is finances. What's the number one cause of financial stress? Debt. So here's my thing, though. Mm-hmm. So let's say, for instance, like the conversation you just said, renting versus a so-called owning, mm-hmm. right? So you can you can pay. So for instance, my where I live right now, mm-hmm. um, if I was going to be renting it, mm-hmm. I would probably be paying double the amount that I pay mm-hmm. for my mortgage. Mm-hmm. So, and me and my cousin, we had a conversation. He said, "Yo, we're gonna race to, uh, to pay it off, mm-hmm. like, cause you know we we don't want we yes, don't sir. want any debt." Yes, sir. And he he won shortly after. <laughs> but um, if I'm renting while I'm trying to, um, kind of own the land, right? Is that necessarily a bad thing if I'm paying half by borrowing from the bank? Let me ask you a question. Um. Do you consider the house that you're living in an asset? I do not. Okay. We're good then. You don't think consider this an asset. So I ain't got to go. I ain't got to take no, it there. No, okay. No, no, no. I, I, I ain't, ain't got to take it there. <clears throat> but this is what I like to tell people. I rent, but I own everywhere I rent. Here's why. Because when I use my insurance policies, say we pay $2,500 a month. We actually do pay $2,500 a month to rent. Well, over the course of a year, $2,500 a month times 12 months is what? 2500 uh, 25000 20, $30,000. $30,000. Well, because we've done it the right way, we take money out of our insurance policy 
and we pay our rent for the year up front. When you pay your rent for the year up front, most people that are landlords will give you two months free because you're paying up front. Nobody pays up front. Right. And I just got two months. I got $5,000. Now it's off of the table. Now I'm only dealing with 10 months. When I say where I rent everywhere I own, I, I own everywhere I rent. But I'm paying my rent back to who? To the landlord. No, sir. I gave the landlord $30,000. Mm-hmm. Well, twenty five because I got yeah. $25,000. I gave him that up front. I pulled that from my insurance policy. Right. The 25000 that I pulled from my insurance policy is still making 4 to 8%. I'm paying myself back. So what is a mortgage? A bank makes money off of what was lent out. Mm-hmm. They make money for whoever pays back. Mm-hmm. So I'm literally owning the very mortgage anywhere I stay. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm still struggling with that one, brother. Okay. I'm still struggling with okay. that one. Only because, so <clears throat> my... My, I guess my, my property value and who knows after elections and all that kind of stuff, but my, my property value since I bought it, um, a year ago has gone up about 10%. Mm-hmm. So in the event that I'm, I mean, let, let, let's say over, you know, we're renting over a 10 year period or, you know, 20 year period yes, and I could pay more of my mortgage to escalate the payments Eventually, I'll have this house worth whatever it's worth at the time, mm-hmm. right? And I'll own it because what's, the money I'm. What's the percentage of people who pay o- overage of their mortgage? Not many. Yeah, it's like less than fifteen percent. Yeah. So it means that eighty-five percent of people who say that they're going to pay overage on mortgage don't. A thirty-year mortgage, you'll pay two times the value of that mortgage. Over 30 years, you'll pay twice the amount. So a $300,000 house, you'll end up paying $598,000 with a 4.1% APR. But over that same time period, if you're renting, Mm -hmm. you... Don't, you won't get none of that back. Well, you won't rent for 30 years. I hope not. Right, right. <laughs> hope, so, oh, so yeah. there's a strategy yes, behind... Sir. Yes, sir. You don't okay. rent for the rest of your life. You rent until you can buy your house cash. Got it. Yes. And Got if it. you and if you don't um, if you don't want to take that patience, you don't have that patience to be able to do it. I also teach a strategy. If you have to mortgage, 15, 15, 25 rule. Get a 15 year mortgage, put 15 percent down. You beat PMI. And as long as the mortgage, that mortgage isn't worth more than 25 percent of what you, your take home is. then that's a, that's a mortgage that you can be able to take if you need it, if you actually needed a mortgage. But for people that do want to take their time, like for me, me and my wife um, are going to build our dream house in the next two years, all right? Mm-hmm. I've been renting since I've been out of college. Been out of college now. It'll be like, like when I got out of college, I got a 14, what's this? Six years. Six years. So eight years or so, right? Mm-hmm. Eight years or so that I was renting. But in our ninth year, we're going to be living in our dream house, mortgage-free. Mm. Got it. I got spent it. more time focusing on my income than I did on trying to buy a mortgage. And so um, just the philosophy, it, it, it it's not. I, but here's, I, the, here's the thing. In that scenario, mm-hmm. what if what if we had the same plan, yes, right, to um, have it save enough to pay for our dream house cash, right? So yes, I, I can get on the same yes, traje- trajectory yes, from sir. today for the next 10 years. Yes, sir. But it would be easier for me to save money because my, if, if all things are the same, yes, right? Um, because my, the money that I'm paying monthly towards the mortgage is less. 
and the money that I'm putting in, obviously not closer to the back end unless you're, you know, paying it up. But you you'll the be, mortgage, the money that you're paying towards the, the mortgage. Yeah, so, so the money that I'm paying towards the mortgage, mm-hmm. I'll get back, of course, a lot of it interest up front so you don't get that back. Mm-hmm. But in a rent scenario, 10 years, let's say 10 years at, you know, $25,000 a yes, year sir. is 250000 Yes, sir. So we paid that. We don't get any of it back. But, but you can still have one of the same savings plan, right? But remember I said I'm pulling it out of my insurance policy. Right. So I'm getting all of that back. I haven't lost a dime. Plus the 4 to 8% that's been growing for the 10 years. My money is still there. Mm. So I'm not, it's, I'm not taking cash and paying my rent. My money's coming from my insurance policy. I'm putting the money back into my policy. That that money, by the, at the end of ten years, I would have at the end of ten years the same, almost the same amount that you would have uh, for reselling your policy. I mean, reselling your house in ten years using my insurance as the vessel of being able to pay it and repay it. Mm. Yes, sir. So now I own the house. I mean, I can. <laughs> I have the cash there that's grown in, in interest over the 10 years. Um, I don't have any debt that came with that. I got to stay where I wanted to with no debt that came with that. And then when I'm ready to actually buy a house that I actually want, I can buy the house without having to pay a mortgage. I'm not mad at the strategies. Yes, sir. I'm not mad at the strategy. Is Okay, let me ask you this. So do you feel like that... Um, well. Like in some scenarios, if if you play it right, yes, having sir. a mortgage is fine. Yeah, I said fifteen. Yeah, fifteen years. Right, okay, fifteen, 15 year 15, fixed 15, term. Yes, sir. Okay, got you. Got fifteen you. year fixed term. That's if you're just looking at interest wise, fifteen year fixed term mm-hmm. is perfect. Now, of course, your um, of course your uh, mortgage would be higher, but at at the end of fifteen years, you will pay like two times less in interest, mm-hmm. which gives you a lot more money for the next fifteen years to, be able to do whatever you need to do. But so if somebody wanted a mortgage, we do I give I do give them a strategy to, to get their mortgage for a 15 year term. And then I show them how to use their insurance policy to buy back the debt right. of their mortgage. So they just pay themselves back. But yeah. So in that yes, scenario, sir. you just got to have you have to have more money. But for the I mean, you got to have like more money to be able to pay, you know, kind of double what you would be paying at a 30 year. Well, a lot of times it's not it's not um, it's not always double. Sometimes it's maybe an additional 600 to 800 bucks a month. Yeah. But if you cannot afford to do that, you maybe can't afford to buy that home that you yeah. want to buy because that mortgage, when I say 25% of that mortgage, that's, that's showing you how much you can, how much house you can afford. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they look at a house, they look at the three, you know, three bed, two bath, um, brand new build, $250,000 home. You may not be able to uh, be able to afford a $250,000 home. Mm-hmm. You may only be able to afford a $50,000 home, an mm-hmm. $80,000, $100,000, maybe $80,000 home you put $40,000 worth of work into. Mm-hmm. You maybe can afford that. But the problem that we have is we get more house than we can afford. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, well, I'm going to get a 30 year because I can pay less, but I can get this house. You cannot afford it. Yeah. And the reason why we're in the financial situation that we're in is because we typically get things that we cannot afford. And that's just why we are where we are, which is why we spend so much time paying off debt. You can't mm-hmm. even live the life of your dreams. You're always stressed out because if you can't come up with money, you got to pay your debts yeah. or it's going to come. They're going to come shut the house. They're going to come pick up your car. They're going to come shut down the building. But when you're living a life and you have no debt really in your life at all, mm-hmm. now all that extra cash flow, you have all the freedom that you want to be able to go live the life that you want. I love it. And when did y'all decide to get Max and Rolex, matching Rolexes? I saw that. I uh, noticed that. Um, I got mine. 
And then I bought his as a gift. Really? Yes, sir. That's dope. Yeah. So how many affiliate links I got to sell to get me a roll? <laughs> you know what I'm Because I got a Movado. But here's the crazy thing. The battery, I still haven't fixed the battery on it. <laughs> so it actually doesn't work, but I need something on my wrist. This guy said This guy said today, he was like, man, you got the Movado. I like that. But I'm no capper. I was yeah. like, yo, bro, the battery doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. So I like, so how many affiliate links I got to sell? Uh, how many? I mean, let's, let's put a number on camera just so we know. I don't know. Like, I, there, there's no like, there's no number. Like, I, I just I need a gift. No, but it's seriously. Um, he's changed my life in more yeah. ways than I can imagine. For sure. And you can always give somebody cash, but they'll you they'll never forget when you actually spent time and you spent like um, money on buying them something nice. So even if you know. 15, 10, 15 years from now, we decided to part ways. That is still something that he will be able to give Taji, my godson, and say, hey, listen, your G-daddy got me this. Now you can take it. I just always, I like gifts too, as well as that. That's so. a, you know what? You actually just gave me a goal to give one of my business partners a Rolex. It's not coming right now. But <laughs> that was, that's a really cool thing to do. All right, cool. Look, man, man we, we, we got it. We've been here. Whoa, we've been here. We've been here for I a I just want to say something about you, Dave. I, I absolutely love how you are... Uh, cap free zone, <laughs> like, like, like I, t- I, t- I told him that um, maybe some time ago, and I was like, bro, I just love Dave because I didn't even know you. I said, man, I just love Dave because Dave gonna tell you all of his business, like, bro, like I'm gonna tell you right now. <sighs> Car just broke down, <laughs> like, you know but, I, but, but I think that that's important because a lot of people are building uh, their influence um, and they're building their business off of cap. And there's no authenticity. There is no realness that's yeah. there. And I know sometimes, sometimes realness don't pay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I just want to let you know that there are people out here that value it, even me myself, because I'm over here looking on your social media platform, and I say, man, this is just a breath of fresh air to look at your social media and know that the content that you're giving is from you, is from your experiences, is from what you go through, um, versus other people that are on social media that may have more followers, that may have, you know, more money today. But I'm telling you right now, ten years from now, you're gonna be able to sit, or you're gonna be on some other game just because right now what is going on. People, people don't want the cap no more. Yeah. They want people who are real, who are authentic. So I appreciate you for being real, bro. That's a big deal. Yeah. The people need to see that. Man, I appreciate you, man. Um, that, that means a lot. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to, um, and let me, let me just, before we close it out, I, I, I try to expose, kind of like Ben, I'm sure you can relate. I try to expose who I am because there are a lot of people out there that, um, that have flaws, right? And they're looking up to people and feel like, yo, if I want the influence that a brother Ben X has, then I gotta go get a X amount of car or I gotta mm-hmm. I gotta flash yeah. and I don't have that. So I feel discouraged. Yeah. But the major part is keeping up with the facade is too hard, bro. Especially like say for instance, you're the person that's always flashy. When the bill comes. Facts. <laughs> Look, I'll be the first person. Facts. Hey, I like monk this month. But in that that comes with a lot. Yeah. The, the perception that you like create. You for gotta people. keep that up. You gotta keep you gotta that, keep up, that bro. up, bro. You, you gotta keep to. that up. That's tough. That's hard. You gotta keep that up. It's like the joint. You know the do the you know the, the hairline, it's like this. Yeah. And then they put the toupee on. It's too much stress. Remember we talked about stress? Uh-huh. Yo, when it rains, 
Extra stress. <laughs> Extra stress. You can't go swimming. It's like, you can't nah, do I want to yeah. swim, but uh, I can't. We Man. might be hooping and you're going up for a rebound, but you don't want to go up because you don't want nobody to take your joint off. So I, it, it's, it's too much stress to try to impress people that you don't even know. How can we make um, realness cool, like failure cool? Um, I, think, I think more of us are doing it. Yeah. I think more of us are doing it. Th- I think we had that era of... I'm attracted to lifestyle. I'm attracted to y'all, you know, you doing all this stuff. But I I I I think it's happening. Bro, when you walked happening. in, when I walked in and I saw the chucks and I saw, I'm like, yo, you know, I always got my head back. I'm like, yo, that's dope. Because usually, and it's no no offense to anybody, but usually like white guys, like they can wear whatever the heck they want to wear mm-hmm. and nobody judges them. Mm-hmm. But when I think of Dave, I'm like, bro, Dave literally could come in here with a tutu. <laughs> everybody like, oh, that's Dave. But but there's so many entrepreneurs who want the freedom that you got. Yeah. Because everybody know, like, it's Dave. Like, yeah. so you, you know, you probably don't know what you're going to get, Dave. <laughs> but there's a lot of entrepreneurs that want that freedom. I remember in MLM, and I hated this saying, it was called fake it till you make it. Mm. And I could not understand it. So yeah. I pr- I just wanted to say I appreciate you, bro. That oh, means no a lot. Doubt, no doubt. All right, look, man, we, we, we got to close this out, man. Um, i like y'all to kind of just share how um, how they can get in touch with you. And uh, both of you, I need a word of wisdom uh, to close us out. Somebody that's watching this video, they've learned so much. Um, and it, like you, you know the you, you you know the audience that you speak to, right? So you know what they need at this moment, man. So um, uh, actually, Jake, if you could start us off, because I, I need I I, I I I want I want Brother Ben to like really close us out, real strong and soft. It's like a soft, strong. <laughs> And when he starts talking to me, man, I love, I, yo, I love his style. I'm trying to describe why I love Ben's style so much, man. It's so amazing. So uh, so just let him know how to okay. find you and, um, and close out with a word. Um, my name is Jake Taylor Jacobs. You can find me on all platforms. Jake Taylor Jacobs, J-A-K-E-T-A-Y-L-E-R, Jacobs, J-C-O-B-S. And my word of wisdom is to find your truth. Live in your, live in, walk your walk, find your destiny, and stay in your lane. You do that, you'll be fine. There it is. Brother Ben. My name is Brother Ben X. You can find me on uh, everything at Brother Ben X, Brother Ben X Podcast, Brother Ben X on YouTube, Brother Ben X on Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, My words of wisdom is patience. Remain patient and um, follow the God within yourself and have faith that it will get better. And this is why I'm saying this, because we just spoke about social media and on social media, a lot of us don't have patience because you're comparing your life to somebody who has been doing it for 10 years. And you think because she's 26 and I'm 26 that I should be in the same condition that she's in when no, you shouldn't because you haven't put in that amount of work. And the way that I look at it is like a baby. You look at somebody who has a baby who's 11 years old and you see the relationship that they have and you say, oh, I got baby fever. I want a son. I want a daughter. And you want them because you're looking at the baby at 11 years old, but you're missing out when she was one years old and the mother didn't get any sleep. You're missing out when the mother had to breastfeed. You're missing out when the father had to work two to three jobs to take care of that child to make sure that the woman was able to do what she had to do. So when you're thinking about what you want to do online, don't think about what you want to do comparing it to somebody else. Make sure that it's coming from within because if it's coming uh, from without, you're going to end up with resentment because you're going to be following a lifestyle that's not true to yourself. I believe true submission uh, to the will of God is what's going to bring you peace. 
Listen to the guy within. And when I say the guy within, it's like that cartoon when you have an angel on one side and the devil on one side. You have to listen to that guy within um, or else you're going to be caught by a devil, which is the self of intelligence. The minister puts it this way. And I ended with this. He asked a question. Would you murder or would you kill the messenger of God? Of course, everybody said, no, sir, I wouldn't kill the messenger of God. He said, oh, you killed the messenger of God every day that you don't listen to that voice within because that voice of truth within that voice of righteousness within is God. And every time you silence that voice, you are murdering the messenger of God. So stop murdering the messenger of God. Man, Jake, Brother Ben, thank you so much for blessing the podcast. Man, make sure you go follow these brothers. Um, and oh, this, I'm sorry, this is really the last thing. I'm going to like to make predictions on the podcast. So I would like to know where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years so that I can look at this in five to 10 years and say, yo, Jake was talking about that five years ago. Ben was talking about that five years. I got the video. He said this is where he's going to be. And it actually happened. So, um, Ben, let me get you first. In five years, man, I see us impacting the business industry and financial industry through tools and our SaaS products that we create. I see us educating the community on such a mass level that if you don't do it our way, which is the authentic way, the real way, and our marketing is the results of our clients, not what we do for ourselves, but the results of our clients. If you don't do it that way, then you're gonna look, you're gonna be looked down upon. So that's how we're gonna destroy the cap. I see me and brother Jake having a compound, having tons of land, growing our own food, and being able to impact people the way that we're doing it, but at 50 times scale. Uh, I'm seeing thousands of people learning from us uh, every week. I'm seeing us developing not just followers and people who's changing their lives, but developing leaders. I see us picking people outside or inside of our ABS tribe to be leaders, to be masters of everything that we don't do or don't want to do. And I see ourselves replacing ourselves within our company and basically just consulting and living our best life, focusing solely on serving God, not worrying about business, not worrying about marketing. Marketing, but our full focus is on helping our people in whatever way that they need. I love it. Yep. Come on. <laughs> Give me five. Five out of ten. I'll do ten years. Um, uh, he talked about, I see us going completely uh, to technology, um, fi- uh, being a fintech company. I think it's very important that we evolve, and I haven't seen fintech. a finance technology. Okay. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, fintech company and uh, seeing us evolve and grow um, in 10 years we'll be a hundred million dollar company uh, my goal my my, my my goal is to for us to pay at least a million dollars a year in payroll um, and so that the people that are with us right now all of them at least be at a hundred thousand dollars a year we have 22 staff members uh, in our company uh, currently um, and getting into that tech space now we're, we're at a space where now we can kind of consult and help other businesses without competing with them um, there's not a lot of education companies that get to the hundred million dollar cap there has to be another levels other levels uh, to what we have and then we've, we're, we're currently creating our SaaS products now so that we're testing it with our company so that we can offer it to the public but I see that for us um, like you said I, I see us having our compound here and I talk about it all the time but the biggest thing is to be able to see the uplift of our community 
community in ways that we've never seen before, seeing people look at our motto and say, man, this is what black excellence looks like, where you can see a company that's built by black folk, that's that's hiring a black folk and paying them what they're worth, not what they can afford to pay and showing them how a, the new corporate America is supposed to be done by collaborative effort of, of brilliant minds and being the model company of what other black companies can be and, and understand the importance of working together for an overall goal for what I believe that uh, can change what business looks like. I, I, I'm into the space where we want to change how business is done. No more individualism. Let's start to collaborate. Let's start to work together for the overall good of our people. I love it. I love it. I don't got nothing else to say, man. Make sure you follow Jake, Brother Ben X. Um, there it is. We out here. Peace. Peace. Peace.